Hey, and welcome to Game Talk episode 100. I'm your host, Amon And today is very special because I'm joined in person by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And uh, it just happened to work out that for episode 100, we're all in Morgantown. We're all sitting at the same table right now looking at each other. And I think this is the first live episode we've done since... For at least two, maybe three years. It's also the first live episode where we've been facing each other, which is yeah, weird. Now that I think weird. about I don't it, like yeah. this. Before when it was live, we were like in the in the university studio, and we were all sort of like facing the setup. Yeah. And now this is basically just a conversation. We've got the mic on the table, and we're just sort of chilling on the table, uh, which is cool. But yeah, for episode one hundred, we we went through a bunch of ideas, and what we settled on is. Our top games that influenced our taste over the years, and that seemed like an appropriate topic for episode 100. I got really ambitious. I wanted to do uh, 33 each, so we had 100 games, but we'd be here for like six hours if we did that. And I fought really hard against that. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't uh, do it. <laughs> my co-hosts are more pragmatic. They're probably right, you know, like we probably couldn't pull that off. But we are going to do 10 games each, and I guess... No more delay, because it's going to be a pretty long episode as is. I'll get us started. And for me, I don't know about you two, but for me, it's not going to be in any particular order, because I would die before I could rank these games. So I'm just going to start with uh, the order they're on my phone, which uh, the first one is going to be Uncharted Drake's Fortune. So Uncharted Drake's Fortune, as, as everyone who listens to this know, I love Uncharted. It's probably my favorite PlayStation franchise. And Uncharted Drake's Fortune was really the first uh, PlayStation game that really sort of ushered in the new era of PlayStation, as I'd call it, right? So with, like, PlayStation 3, when Uncharted came out, right, like, I was familiar with Naughty Dog. I had played Jack and Daxter. I was aware of Crash Bandicoot. And I didn't know anything about Uncharted, right? Like, this was just one of those magical moments that is so rare now in video games where you can, like, walk into a store, see a game that looks interesting, and just pick it up. Right, because like back then, you know, I wasn't constantly online getting news about games like right. every yeah. minute or so. But like, yeah, I remember. Now. Yeah, we're, it's it's spoiled. A dirt of riches. We now see the dark underbelly too. But no, yeah, like back then, I was I was a young kid. I walked into the GameStop and I saw Uncharted Drake's Fortune, and I was just like, I don't know what Uncharted is, and uh, it was just like you know Drake face or his back to the camera with like a shotgun so it wasn't yeah, I was a, say, not a not a super exciting game case yeah, it wasn't an attractive like case or anything like that but then i saw naughty dog in the bottom right corner I was like hey these are the guys that did jack and daxter like i'm i'll totally <laughs> try this and i played it and i just fell in love and you know like if someone plays uncharted drake's fortune today in 2021 it's probably pretty bad honestly it's like i wouldn't i don't know if it's bad but i was gonna say like uncharted almost made my list it was very close no but I was not going to pick Uncharted 1, because Uncharted 1 is like the black sheep of the franchise almost, in that yeah. it's not nearly as cinematic as the others. So I, I have my... It's the pace setter, really. Yeah. yeah. I have my reasons for picking Uncharted 1. It's Uncharted 1, similar to, you know, like the whole Demon Souls, Dark Souls argument. Dark Souls is the popular one, but Demon Souls is the one that started it, right? Like, Uncharted was the one that started this whole era of, like, cinematic, narrative, third-person action games that Sony is basically... That's their bread and butter yeah, nowadays. that's their brand. And yeah. Uncharted was the kickstart of all of that. So I think, you know, when you think of games like Uncharted's 2, 3, and 4, yes, they're way better in pretty much every single way. Uh, you think of games like The Last of Us 1 and 2. You think of even games like, you know, 
God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn, obviously they don't fall as neatly into that box as, you know, the Naughty Dog games, but I would argue that Uncharted Drake's Fortune had an impact on all of those games. Oh, definitely. Uh, every every first-party Sony game that's come out and yeah. since Uncharted has been touched by it, I feel yeah. like. And I think you can very clearly, you know, if you're a Sony fan and you think back on their history, you can very clearly see two eras, like pre-Uncharted and post-Uncharted. At least to me, that's how I look at it. So Uncharted Drake's Fortune, again, uh, it was one of those games where, like, I, I've said this before on the podcast, like, my friends would just come over and we'd hit play on, like, the list of cutscenes, because, like, back, <laughs> back then games could still, uh, some games still have that, right? Like, I don't think games do that anymore, which it's is probably rare. for the best, yeah. honestly, because you should play the game. Yeah. But, like, you know, back then, cinematic games were a new thing. Yeah. Right, like so, it was a very no- Kojima. Well, okay, minus Kojima, but it was a very sort of novel thing to be like, hey, it's basically like watching an action movie. Let's just watch these cutscenes, and like, it was a fun thing to do. Yeah, and I was, I, Kojima and like Devil May Cry <laughs> are kind of the prototype for this, but I, I would say Uncharted was the first time it really. Yeah, Uncharted brought the the era of cutscenes, yeah, long cutscenes, and then Kojima Kojima looked at it, it and like, fell in said, love. Let's yeah. make a movie. <laughs> Let's make, uh, let's make movies. several two-hour-long cutscenes in this yeah. in this video game. But no, um, I I've played through Uncharted Drake's Fortune, God knows how many times. Really, I, yeah. I've played it, but I only played it. I played Uncharted two and three a bunch, but, but I've only played Uncharted one thing, one time until Uncharted two came out. Right, like I, oh, you played it a bunch before. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, once Uncharted two came out, it was game over. Like, yeah. I was never going to touch Uncharted no, one again. It's right? very but, difficult. But to like at to. the time, it was it was such a cool new thing and like uh again like today it's very difficult to return back to because they've improved that formula so much but like back in the day i remember replaying uncharted over and over and over again and just you know never getting tired of it so i i feel like that has a well-deserved uh spot on my list yeah you want to go next mike yeah i'll go ahead so my my one of the games that really defined me was command and conquer red alert i'm gonna say one and two because they're one contiguous entity in my mind yeah but it, it was really my first RTS that I ever played, so it holds a soft spot. How long ago was this? I was a kid. Some of mine are actually pretty recent, but... Yeah, no, there's some that are pretty recent, but I was... This is like my first PC running Red Alert and yeah. trying not to be drowned alive by dogs. Yeah. Because that game, that game was difficult. It is. I don't know. I went back and played it couple years ago and I forgot how hard it was. Yeah, I tried it in middle school and I bounced off of it. It was too hard for me. Somehow I managed to figure it out when I was seven years old or something, but Dude, today you my know, brain just can't process it. It's funny, people say that, but like kids pick up on games oh, yeah. so quickly. They're like sponges. This know? is tangential, but like, yeah, like a lot of chess grandmasters, like they were grandmasters by the time they were like 12 years old. Like yeah. all downhill from there. Yeah. You hit that. When the pattern recognition is strong. Yeah, you yeah. get that spongy brain, it's all done. <laughs> But yeah, I I have a strong attraction to that aesthetic of, oh god, yeah, how outrageous can we make warfare, yeah. but still maintain like the semblance of whatever. Yeah, because Red Alert Two had big airships that dropped large amounts of bombs that were really slow. Yeah, and you could hear those things deploy across the map. Yeah, when did it come out? Red Alert One. 90s somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I must it's, have played a remake or a. Uh, they did come out with a remaster. Okay, a remaster must be what I played. Couple years. Okay. I think it was longer ago than that. Soundtrack's also really good. I still listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'll go next. 
Uh, I just thought I'd start on the first game I ever played, which was Super Mario World. Okay. Which, for sure, like, I'm a platformer guy now. I love all platformers. I love Mario games. Uh, I play a lot of Super NES-style platformers. Super Mario World, like, it really had a lot of, like, the bread and butter for gaming for me, which was, like, secrets and some, yeah, for me at the time, difficult platforming and, like, colorful worlds and everything. That's still all pretty important to me today. I, uh, have you, you, you finally played Super Mario World recently, yeah. right, Ammon? Yeah. The game slaps. It didn't age. <laughs> no, no, it's, it plays exactly as well today as it did when it came out, which is kind of incredible. It's funny, it's like Nintendo really figured something out in the Super NES era. Yeah. Because it's just like so many of those games. It's something that they haven't managed to capture since really. Yeah, the only thing about those games that really aged is the user interface. Like I was playing F-Zero yeah. uh, a couple couple weeks ago, and the UI is terrible and like almost unusably bad. But then once you actually get into the game, it all just makes sense yeah, like, and it's yeah. very fun. Game design wise, the games like Super Mario World, Link to the Past, they could have come out today. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean Super yeah. Mario World, they had the save battery and everything. I think it was battery powered still. And yeah, you could save, you could walk or you know. And that was like one of those games that took me years to beat and like now you can beat it in an hour, like casually speaking. If you're you know, if you're a speedrunner, it's a lot less speed than that. Runners, yeah. Yeah. Speedrunners ruin everything. But casually, you know. I casually as a kid I learned how to like take the shortcut through the lake to get into Star World and beat the game in like an hour or whatever. Speedrunners yeah. make every kid feel inadequate. Or yeah. every adult feel inadequate that they couldn't beat the game as a kid and then someone beats it in twenty minutes. But yeah, Super Mario World it definitely like put me down the path to like love games like Super Meat Boy and like other, you know, more modern platformers, um, Messenger, stuff like that, you know, obviously more mechanically complex, but... Yeah, any... Uh, I guess you picked Super Mario World specifically because it was your first... Yeah, I, I distinctly I remember. what about Super Mario Bros. 3? I know you're a big fan. Yeah, so Super oh. Mario World won this round because it was my first game that I ever played. I distinctly remember... I was born in 96, so, like, this, the N64 and Super Mario 64 were out already, but I was, like, two or three years old or something... And one of my my dad's best friend had uh, lent us. I thought given us at the time. I was very upset when we had to return it. But he had lent us his Super Nintendo, and a copy of Super Mario World and Star Fox. And uh, I was a kid, so I thought the animal characters were fun. I wanted to play Star Fox first, but the cartridge would not load. So Super Mario World won out, and uh, I didn't play Star Fox for another Come on, couple you hours. Saw that dinosaur, the the man in the the overalls and a dinosaur, and you're like. I wanted that. No, nope. I, I wanted I wanted Star Fox, but we couldn't get it to work. But yeah, Super Mario. So you know, we could be in a very different place now. That, yeah. Had that night gone differently. Yeah, you could be like me and be in the playing games. But yeah, it's a weirdly vivid memory for how <laughs> young drug, I was. Man. Yeah, you play one. You play one arcade flight sim, and all of a sudden you gotta yeah. play them all. I played Project Wingman, and I'm about to take a deep dive. Did you yeah. Did you play like Star Fox when you were super young? I did actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's where it, it all started. It, I'm not spoiling anything, but it all started somewhere else on the list. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You good? So, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Ammon. Okay, so let me consult. We've all got our phones, and we've written these down. Um, which, by the way, just interjecting here, for me, it killed me to reduce this to 10 games. Yeah. Like, it was... I still feel like well, we're going to finish recording, and I'm going to instantly regret all my choices. Yeah. Like, I could easily do that. But the next game on my list is Pokemon Ruby. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
That is also on my list. No way. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon Ruby, Ruby specifically. specifically. <laughs> wow. Okay. Right, I guess we can decide. We can both chat about it. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah. I I was you know I was kind of banking on us all having ten unique games, but you know it happens. Yeah. But like, okay, I'm interested to hear Ruby specifically because like I would have thought that you it's know my first Pokemon game. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, but also like. The reason I the reason I made the list is because like it was probably my first like really social gaming experience because I you know what what other game were kids talking about at school and trading yeah. and like l- the legends about the Reggies in that game and stuff going around the the playground and grinding yeah. to try to get I never did beat the Elite Four and Pokemon Ruby by the way man this is what I get for being the weird kid everyone just looked at me as like he doesn't play Pokemon <laughs> I mean it, I it, didn't. Yeah, it was but. like it was it was like if you like plotted out on a graph, right? Like you were cool for, for playing Pokemon, and then when you hit middle school, you were really lame for playing Pokemon. For, and I feel like late high school, you were cool again. For cool like, no, in my school, it was literally it was like se- fifth and sixth grade. You were lame for it. Yeah. Seventh grade rolls around. Pokemon Soul Silver came out. Everybody was suddenly super into it again. Everybody had the Poke Walkers in oh, the pocket yeah. all the time I, and stuff. Mmm, yeah. those Poke Walkers. You yeah. knew. Yeah. It was like a badge of honor. Yeah. Had your. Uh, uh, notch-eared Pichu or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's funny, because, like, I thought about, like, when I was making this, I was like, okay, a Pokemon game has to be on here. Absolutely, yeah, same. Um, and then I was like, okay, obviously the obvious choice is Pokemon Red or Blue, right? And, like, it was my first Pokemon game, obviously, and so it's a very strong impression. Red or Blue was? Yeah, Red was. Okay. Um, and obviously I loved it, you know, and obviously it kicked off... A cultural wave that is still engulfing all of us today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I spend a lot of time like talking down on Pokemon on this show, yeah. but it's like lo- well, I'm I'm not. But <laughs> yeah, I stopped. Largely, I talk bad about Pokemon because like it peaked so like Pokemon Ruby maybe not the best example, but like yeah. Emerald, Soul Silver, those games like were just amazing, and it's been kind of downhill from there in my opinion. Here's the thing, though. Like, I feel like if you talk to different age groups, they'll all have like a different point. Where, like, this is where Pokemon peaked. This is where Pokemon. I don't think anybody will say Pokemon peaked after Black and White Two. I don't think anybody will tell you that. Maybe not two, but I, mean, I bet there are Black and White stands. You know? I bet there are. Yeah. yeah. Let's go Pikachu, best Pokemon game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's interesting because like I had played Red and Blue, loved it, but for whatever reason, never played Gold and Silver. Really. I skipped Gold and Silver. Hmm. And then you know, I guess it was just that period of like I was discovering other games and stuff like that. But then Ruby and Sapphire came out and was like, okay, I want to try and get back into Pokemon. And it really, you know, captured me in a way that I feel like even Red and Blue didn't. Like, it, Red and Blue introduced me to Pokemon, but I feel like Ruby and Sapphire made me fall in love with it. Like, yeah. And it was, it was like a combination of things. Like you said, like, I think Ruby and Sapphire more than the other games, especially considering when they came out, like, the internet wasn't, like, everywhere, right? But, like, and it really had the mystique of, like, oh, did you find this secret? Okay, the, the, the three Reggie Pokemon, like, did you figure out the mystery of how to get those? And, like, Do you know how to read Braille? Yeah. No, that that's I was not a like I was in kindergarten I think so. Do you know how to read? <laughs> was Can a problem. Like, I I could read a little bit, but I remember being very confused because I couldn't figure out how to catch Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon Ruby. Wow, I'm glad they put that tutorial in there for people yeah. like you. Then at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, no, I I did figure it out before I got to that tutorial. Okay, good. I yeah. really wanted a zigzag game. <laughs> For whatever reason, but no, no it's, but that was that was like the first game I bought on peer pressure because really? like kids at school were talking about Pokemon. I'd seen the cartoon and everything, and I was walking through Sam's with my mom, and I saw it on display, and I was like, I have to have this. Yeah, 
And like it was, it, and another huge thing for me was like the whole secret base thing. Like oh I remember God, yeah. like going to school, bringing my link cable, hooking like other you know Game Boys together, and like downloading my friends' secret bases and trying to go out in the world. And I find didn't them. know that was a thing until after I had like like I ran into a friend's secret base totally by coincidence. And I was yeah, like, what? <laughs> it was such a mind blowing. You know, it was such a cool thing at the time, yeah. and it always kind of pained me after Gen 3 that I feel like they really sort of dropped the ball on the secret base idea. Like, they yeah, did it in Gen 4. They did it, but it wasn't as good, I feel like. It didn't have the same See, sort I, of... I was going to say that they perfected it in Gen 4. Okay, I don't... Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. But also, you know, like, you know, Gen 3 had a, such a strong impact yeah. on me. I could just be, you know, rose-tinted glasses. But, like, you know, everything from, like, you know, I think the starters were... Obviously, no starter will be as iconic as Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Charmander, but, like, yeah, but they're probably, like, the second best, honestly. Squirtle Squad. If you consider, like, all the different starters. and like, I, Yeah, I think Gen 3 is the only one where I like all three starters, yeah. I think, like, equally. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's always a really hard choice for me Wait. when I replay. Yeah, it's a real hard choice. I'm trying to think. Because Trico was my first. They, they, none of them look bad. Torchic yeah. and Mudkip, they're all great. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, uh, yeah, it's yeah, just... Mudkip's uh, a hero. And then, like, obviously, like, Emerald was, like, the perfected version of that game, which still probably has the best post-game content of pretty... Well, not every Pokemon game, Soul but Silver it's, and it's Heart Gold are the only one that the, would beat Emerald. Uh, Leaf Green has pretty good post-game post, post -game as well, I yeah, think. Yeah, true. But, like, but, like that, it, it's up there. Yeah. yeah. And, uh... Yeah, like, uh, Ruby, I think, you know, still to this day, the Pokemon game that has had the biggest impact on me, and probably the reason I still play Pokemon to this day. R Ruby's um, also, like, the first time Pokemon really had a lot going on in the way of story. You know, they had the eco-terrorist organizations. Yeah. <laughs> and I was too, I was too young at the God. time to yeah. really care about all that, but... I didn't, yeah, I didn't see the themes and all, but I thought it was incredible. Like, I remember, I, I remember getting to Cetopolis and, like, the world ending, because Groudon is, like... Using sunny day or yeah. whatever. Crowds <laughs> just existing. Yeah. Yeah. What a game. It was a great game. Yeah. And the legendaries were all really cool. Like encountering Rayquaza on top of the tower and battling him after everything and catching him. And I, yeah. I remember getting swept by my my buddy John had a level one hundred Blaziken also named John, <laughs> and he would just sweep my team no matter who I had because I as a kid was not going to grind. Yeah. So I was not going to have a level one hundred. Yeah. I couldn't even beat the Elite Four. I've, I've to this day never beaten the Elite Four in Ruby. I went and did really? it. I did it in Emerald. Okay. But never okay. in Ruby. And there's not, you know, you don't get a lot in Ruby. Emerald, you get the Battle Frontier and all. Ruby, it was just the Battle Tower. And we haven't even mentioned, like, this is where Pokemon introduced berries, which are still a core mechanic today in Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And this is where Pokemon introduced... Uh, Contests, you know, like yeah, which well, is introduced and then got rid of. They didn't and then kind of brought back. You know, oh no, they were yeah. in Gen Four, weren't they? Yeah, but like, uh, I think you know, Gen One was the start. Gen Two was like honing the formula, and then Gen Three is where they really sort of like experimented with new mechanics and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. I think it's just another reason why Gen Three is so excellent and uh, is probably Gen my Three favorite also character. introduced abilities. Did yeah, it? yeah. It did. It was, I I thought as a kid, I didn't know, the physical special split wasn't until Gen 4. And the physical special split is one of the most important things Pokemon ever did. Was it Gen 4 or was it Gen 5? Yeah, it was Diamond and Pearl. It was the first time. But yeah, I I mean, I still like, if I'm going to play a Pokemon game, it's going to be Emerald probably. But like Ruby, like if I'm thinking of a Pokemon game... Like, I'm thinking of that red cartridge in my Game Boy. Ruby will always have that. Place. It has that. Yeah. And, the, and the, just to say, Ruby is probably the best looking Game Boy cartridge. Yeah. 
That that, that beautiful red. Red color, yeah. And my, my best friend as a kid had Sapphire, and that was nice, so we could get... I remember I didn't know that there were exclusive Pokemon, so, like, he caught a Sableye. Sableye I was, was like, cool. I was jealous of Sableye. I, yeah. I, yeah, I remember as a kid, I was like, I have never seen this before in my life. How rare is this Pokemon? I really wanted to Sableye. And it was, like, yeah. super common. It was just only yeah. on Sapphire. I looked for hours because I didn't want to trade. I guess, like, we had uh, Zangoose, right? Maybe. Mom, yeah, or something yeah. like that. And then they had Saviper in Sapphire. Yeah. You know, Solrock, Lunatone, and stuff like that. Yeah. What oh, my great... God, double battles. Double were introduced in yeah. Ruby. Yeah, Ruby Sapphire was the introduction of many core Pokemon mechanics. Oh my god! Yeah. And yeah, and Pokemon Coliseum was like oh tie-in with yeah. Loved it. What yeah. a what a generation. Yeah, that, yeah. I've convinced myself even more than now that we're talking about that Ruby yeah, is Ruby hands is, down my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Favorite it's, generation. It's a very good video game. I sad story. I gave away my copy of Pokemon Ruby to a friend for his birthday because I had Emerald. And I didn't think I would want Ruby anymore. And I never have replaced it. Well, I mean, I guess that's fair, right? Emerald is just Ruby, but better. But Yeah, but... That, that nostalgia, though. The nostalgia. Yeah. And also, I left that copy of Emerald in an Olive Garden. <laughs> I got another one, but I've never beaten it again. Yeah. I also lost my copy of Emerald, which is uh, which is pretty sad. I don't know I what happened to it. I lost my copy of Leaf Green. It's... So sad. I, green cartridge. You go to an Olive Garden with a green cartridge, you're asking for trouble. It gets set on a napkin, and it's gone story. forever. <laughs> Funny Mine story. was not lost in an Olive Garden. It was lost in, an old, in a move. Where uh, Leaf Green is concerned, I don't know how or why, but one of my friends really wanted me to buy a copy of Leaf Green. Really? But it was like a sketch bootleg copy of Leaf Green. Really? Now that I remember, how like recent? Leaf was mis... No, this was like when I was a kid. Okay. Leaf Green was like first came out. Leaf, Leaf was spelled like L-E-E-F. Reproduction Pokemon Leaf. cards have always been rampant. I think it's one of the reasons old Pokemon games are still so expensive if they're legit yeah. is because it's kind of hard to tell which are repro. And like I, I played it and it was just like, this is weird and not Pokemon, but then I you know, got the actual Leaf Green, and that's probably, now that I'm speaking it out loud, my second favorite Pokemon game after yeah. Ruby Sapphire. I loved Leaf Green. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, is still in that sort of Gen 3 family, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that um, is still Gen 3. That was the first Pokemon was, remake. I played Fire Red, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I still have my copy of Fire Red yeah. as well. Fantastic time to get be into Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I never did figure out how to trade between Emerald and Fire Red, though. You had to, like... Wasn't it as simple game. as like link cable? No, you no, had to do game. something special. You had to do post game stuff in Fire Red. You had to go yeah. through like the numbered islands. Oh yeah, the islands are so good. But anyways, I I don't know. I feel like we've talked enough about Pokemon. I agree. Mike. Yeah. All right. Next up on my list is the Elder Scrolls Four. Actually, that this was also be, on my list. This was a strong contender for mine, but it uh, didn't make me, it. I yeah. can swap to the other option on this number. No, you guys should just tag yeah. team it. Yeah, let's. But yeah. yeah, the Elder Scrolls Four was my first Bethesda RPG. Mine too. Mine too. So it's, yeah, it's one of those that I have a lot of fond memories of watching my dad play and also playing. Yeah, uh, yeah. It wasn't my dad. It was one of my older friends growing up. But yeah, and it. That's one of those games that just hits. It still looks good to this day too. It's one of those games that proved that like. You know, Bethesda is a force to be reckoned with. You know, yeah, like it, it, got it. It, even though like they kind of fumbled the ball, like because of those early games, they will forever be cemented in gaming like history Morrowind as a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, might be a lot of people's favorite. Yeah, Oblivion was the first one a kid could play, though. I feel yeah, like Oblivion was the first was... one that was accessible. So yeah. Oblivion. So I. So I have a couple stories here. So I think Oblivion was the first M-rated game I've ever played. Fun fact about Oblivion: <laughs> was not rated M at launch. 
It wasn't. I remember yeah. they changed it. I had a friend who had a rated T copy, which yeah. is how I was able to get it because my mom would not let me play rated yeah. M games. But it was funny. So like when I was really young, like still in elementary school, I remember going over to my friend Garrett Garrett's house and just watching him play Morrowind on his PC. And mm-hmm. I was just like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this. I think that was the first first-person game I've ever yeah, seen, Yeah, I too. think it was for me, too. Yeah, so, like, it was yeah. just a whole new... The level of immersion. ...experience, like, for video games No, for I'd me. seen Metroid Prime. Never mind. Yeah, like, but, I wouldn't... Yeah. First time seeing a first-person game, this incredible fantasy setting, like, I've never seen anything like Morrowind before in my life. And I remember going home and be like, oh, my God, how do I get this game? I need to research this game. Obviously, parents wouldn't let me get Morrowind, but, like... By the time Oblivion rolled around, I was old enough, and I just mm-hmm. kept remembering that experience of going to my friend's house and watching him play Morrowind, and I was like, I've got to play this game. And I got it, and it was, uh, it blew me away. Like, I had never played a game like it before. I still think Oblivion was probably my first FPS, or not, first person game, not FPS, mm-hmm. but yeah. like, and it was just, uh, it created this level of immersion that made me, this is what made me love the first-person style of game, yeah, it's, honestly. It's what gave me my love for Bethesda RPGs at that Same. point. Yeah. Because it it was probably one of the best ones they released. Yeah, I, I would still pick Oblivion over any other Bethesda game. Oh, yeah. Because Oblivion's just... The writing. The writing, the charm, the potato the faces. The, the guild side quests, I feel like, were way better. The oh only guild that sucked was the Mage's Guild. Yeah, yeah, I never did it. The Mage's Guild. Guild in Skyrim was pretty good, but like Thieves Guild and Assassin's Guild and oh, yeah. Oblivion, incredible. You steal an Elder Scroll. Yeah, and like, you get the Boots of Spring nuts. Hill Jack, which is like the most iconic item in yeah. gaming. <laughs> it's nuts. Like, sure, in Skyrim you kill an Emperor, but it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole concept of like Oblivion Gates, where you basically like. Oh my god, yeah. yeah it was so metal. You and like Doom Slayer. Yeah, you yeah. basically enter Doom. <laughs> yeah, the whole. That was yeah. Doom before Doom. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I know what you it mean. Was before, the best yeah, exactly. before 2016, dude. Yeah. Before 2016, dude, yeah. But yeah, Oblivion was a special game. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, no one's going to pick Oblivion. No and here, Oblivion. I, I'm sitting across both of you, and you're like, Connor almost put it on your list, and Mike, you did put it on oh, your yeah. list. Oh, yeah. It was either that or Fallout 3. Yeah. I'm glad you picked I Oblivion. I lumped them together in my mind. No, it was it's incredibly special game. Like I feel like uh, it's on... Uh, you can play it on Xbox via back compat now, right? Like, and it's like Series X optimized or whatever, so it's probably going to be like 60 good, FPS yeah. at least. And like, I could just play it on my PC. Yeah, uh, yeah. It still runs perfectly well on PCs, which is surprising. It ran really well on my pretty bad PC that I played like, it Fallout on first. Runs, yeah. like, Fallout Three barely runs, and Oblivion's like ah, still runs older than Fallout Three. Dude, yeah, I don't know if like Bethesda's kind of issues started with. Fallout 3 and uh, Skyrim. Fallout 3's maybe? problem was they decided to use the cursed games for Windows Live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, this... Making it not launch on any PC past Windows 7. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like hearing the town music from Oblivion playing in my head. Like the one that people use in the memes about Oblivion yep. and yep. PCs. Yeah, I'm hearing it. Yep. I'm hearing it. It's there. Iconic soundtrack. Yep. The soundtrack was great. And I love it because like... You know, obviously Skyrim is the one that blew up, right? Like, the mainstream one, everyone knows what Skyrim is. But That's like, the one where everyone in high school was going, Fusro Da, and I yeah. took an arrow to the knee. Exactly. Oh, my and God. No one talked about Oblivion. Yeah. I taught archery during the arrow to the knee craze. Oh, oh, Life was not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were people sticking arrows in their knees? No, we had, we had a very strict rule about making those jokes at the uh, at the archery range. It was, uh, we had a one-strike policy. Yeah. Don't make don't make Aaron Lee jokes. God, Oblivion. Out. I so I have a fun story about Oblivion too. I I used to like 
I had a friend who also had Oblivion, but he liked to come over and play it because I had the Shivering Isles DLC, which is still yeah. one of the best DLC ever made. Oh, yeah. Which is funny because Oblivion also had horse armor. But right, I remember Horse that. armor was forward-looking. <laughs> it, it, it was really, forward-looking. That's really good. Buddy. They knew. They knew that in 10, 10, 10 15 years, people will pay for this. paying for really, horse armor. You got me good, Mike. But yeah, I, um, I never slept in Oblivion, which was how you level up. And I just yeah. never did it. That and took me a while to figure out. My too. friend would yeah. get so mad at me. He'd be like, "Why have you not slept? You have so many stats. Like, yeah, so much." I would I would level up like twenty times or whatever because Jesus I had just not Christ. slept in so long. Oh, yeah. the attribute gain. Oh, I had to be up at night. I was a vampire. God, yeah, you could become a vampire. See, I have a funny story about vampires. A vampire actually ended my run through Shivering Isles. Oh no! Because if you auto save while you're taking sun damage. The save corrupts. Oh, man. Oh. I had not saved for six or seven hours oh, at this point. Like, yeah. I was all the way done oh, in no. the final battle of the Shivering Isles. I slapped F5 constantly in that game. And That's a quick save button for the non-PC gamers yeah. in the crowd. And the uh, worst part, this was on Xbox, so I couldn't get a mod to fix the problem. Yeah. No, I... Uh, there's, like, one tiny story in Oblivion that I'll never, like, forget. It was, like, Dawnbreaker and Night... Well, it was a sword that you could find in the Shivering Isles yeah. that, like, you had Dusk to feed Fang. it. Yeah, Duskfang and Dawnbreaker, I think. Dawnfang. Dawnfang and Duskfang. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Dawnbreaker was a DLC for Skyrim. But, yeah, you had to, like, feed it souls all the time, and I was like, oh, my God, this sword makes me a god. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you get Umbra and it's all over. And plus, like, I don't know if we touched on this, but, like, just the, the role-playing experience in Oblivion, and the, it was just immense, especially because that was, like, probably the first... Yeah, it was the first Western RPG I'd ever played, I think. You know, the like, first now one that I think back on it. Yeah. To make yourself poop your pants. Uh, I never, I've never modded Oblivion, but uh, I did. My um, sister did. Yeah. She did add a mod that made her grab her pants. <laughs> of course. She told me a story about it. She's like, yeah, I downloaded this mod, <laughs> and then my character crapped himself. It's on brand. Yeah. Um, I do remember, I, I always like to play an Argonian. In uh, Elder Scrolls Arg- games, Argonians are cool, and it yeah. was not worth doing in Skyrim at all, yeah. in my opinion. But in Oblivion, there was actually water sometimes, and, and so you, you fight could, underwater. Yeah, so you could lure people underwater and drown them, and I did it yeah. all the time. I remember I'd always go Dark Elf just because edgy me thought that was cool. See, Oblivion always had the fun bugs too, like the paintbrushes, the item duplication glitch. Mm. I don't, I don't know any of those. Oh, paintbrushes didn't have any collision model. Wow. So they just float. <laughs> so they didn't have. They weren't affected by physics. See, this is back when the Bethesda so tank was endearing that rather was charming, than like frustrating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could you literally use them to skip. Because the you know we've said it before, no one made games like this yeah. back in the day except yeah. for Bethesda. No. You know, like there well, was even Bio, no. you could argue Bioware, but like, there was a fun bug where if you completed the Knights of the Nine quest line, all your animations would break. Oh, and I was a vampire. That's a weird one. So when I go to like drink someone's blood, I just stand awkwardly over them. Like animation them playing out in the, the background. Dude, I feel like anybody who was playing that game at the age we were playing it had to be a vampire. It was so the, cool. I definitely dabbled with vampirism. The worst part about that animation bug is if you decide to sit in a chair, mm-hmm. soft lock. Ah. <laughs> See, that must have all been like console exclusive because I don't remember any of that. It, it was a, like, You had to do a specific thing when you completed Knights of the Nine. Okay. 
man, so not I, a lot of people did that. I want to play time. Oblivion now. Like really? It's, yeah, it's I, I don't know if I could it. go back to it. I've been trying to play Morrowind, but Morrowind's yeah. just not. Morrowind's a trap. Don't do it. Morrowind is difficult to get into. I, I literally got lost in Vivek for a solid hour because me and a friend were playing a co-op. Oh, it has a co-op mod. It has an online mod. Yes, that's interesting. I'm gonna try that. We're, we were literally, I literally make it out of Vivek, make it a little bit. Because of the way the mod works, all these assassins are everywhere. I die. Yeah. I'm outside Vivek. I die again. Back in Vivek. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I will say that <laughs> no there, more. there is nothing in Oblivion quite like that moment in Morrowind where a dude just falls out of the sky right in front of you and you check his pockets and there's like a high jump scroll in it and it's a trap. Yeah. And if you use the scroll, you will also die of fall damage because it launches you into the air. God, what a game. What a game. Yeah. I guess I'm up next. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess since Ammon already said it, I'll say Super Mario Bros. 3. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I was going to space them out a little bit, but since I've kind of joined in on the others, uh, yeah. Super Mario Bros. 3 I include because I actually didn't play, or I played this game on Game Boy Advance as a kid, but I played the vastly inferior Game Boy Advance port, which is a port of the Super NES port, which is also terrible. Which is a port. Yeah. So the the original Super Mario Bros. 3 on NES, I played for the first time my sophomore year of college. My roommate got out his NES and was playing it. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know NES games were good. <laughs> and like now I, I've talked about it on the show a little bit. This actually, this game got me into retro collecting and stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, like NES games are actually really good. Like they use these limitations and managed to break them in ways that were like really, really, really cool. And like, Pretty soon Connor's going to have a have a camera and a room full of retro games. Yeah, I'll show you my room full of retro yeah, games later. Yeah, no. I do have one. It's upstairs. Yeah. I don't have a camera in there, but yeah. I'm going to start uh, ranting about the Atari Jaguar. <laughs> no, I only collect Nintendo mostly. I have every PlayStation except the PS5, but I don't have a ton of games on that. But anyway, yeah, Super Mario Bros. 3, like... I am more likely to go back and play Super Mario Bros. 3 than I am Super Mario World every day of the week. Largely because I like... Uh, that it's playable in one sitting and stuff. I mean, I guess Mario World is too. But Super Mario Bros. Three, I get into a flow that I don't get in Super Mario World. Yeah. Kinda. And I, I generally like the power ups more. There are more power ups. There's just a lot in Super Mario Bros. Three. Like, there's a lot of game in that cartridge. Like, you have the frog suit. Like, you can play through the whole game and never see the frog suit. Like. Yeah. Or I think the Hammer Bros. Suit was in that game. Maybe. And I've never actually seen it on that cartridge. I think, but I had an e-reader for my Game Boy Advance copy, and you could like e-reader in power-ups and stuff. E-reader? Yeah, no, I was. What a throwback! I had an e-reader. I still have an e-reader. I think I have two actually. You're like the only person in the world that still has an e-reader. Me and Scott the Waz probably. So, so stop skeletons from fighting. It's an interesting choice, right? Because like I think of your list, and I'm like, so you have both Super Mario Bros. Three and Super Mario World, but for very different reasons. They so for very different ways they impacted your taste. Yeah, because like Super Mario Bros. Three did not get me into platformers. Like I was already very much into platformers. It also didn't get me into gaming, but it did get me into retro gaming. And like interesting, yeah. I don't know that Super Mario Bros. Three is even my favorite NES game. That might be Castlevania, Mm -hmm. but respectable. I uh, which isn't going to be on my list, but I it it really opened that door for me. I remember I probably played my roommate's NES more than he did after I discovered this. Yeah, <laughs> but I liked it so much. I sat down. I was speed running it for a bit, not like competitively or anything. But Super Mario Bros. Three is really, really fun, and it, you know, now I've got a collection of probably like forty NES games or something. Like it's modest, but it's there. Yeah, but, you know, every once in a while I'll buy a few more. It's pretty fun, fun hobby. I had to repair my, I had to, you know, I had to buy my own NES after this because I, I don't live with him anymore. <laughs> yeah, 
and I had to buy and repair my own NES, so that got me into some stuff, and I started collecting Super NES a little bit as well, and Game Boy. It's crazy what one game can do to you, man. Like, it can yeah. open up a it's whole world. No, it really did. So I grew up watching the Angry Video Game Nerd, right? And I just kind of, like... Like, I knew that the old Mario games weren't bad, bad, but, like, watching that kind of got it into my head that, like, anything before the Super NES is not worth playing. And that's just not true at all. And, and, and you know, plenty of people today have that mindset, too. You know? I, I will say you're a lot more likely to run into a game that sucks. Anything after the Super PlayStation NES. 5 is just not worth playing. Exactly. Five, a lot of people new. have that mindset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Connor's cat has... Climb to the top of his yeah, I really PC don't like tower. Her up there. I'm gonna take care of so he's gonna address that. Our yeah, our fourth host. But uh, yeah. So I guess I can. Connor, are you finished with with yours? Yeah, Super Mario Bros. Three. I think I'm good. So this is the probably the most boring pick that is gonna come out of all of our lists today. But I have to mention it. Dark Souls. Yeah, very close to making yeah. my list. So yeah. I have to mention nope, it. And it's funny because like every so we've done a few like top lists, you know, for various you know in various criteria, like what are our top ten games of the decade, what are our top, you know, PlayStation 3 games. We've done episodes like that this in the past. I think Dark Souls has made every single list for different reasons, right? And so like we said at the beginning of the show, this isn't a list of our favorite games, right? This right. is a list of ten games that have influenced our taste the most. Dark Souls makes that list for me too. You know, Dark Souls opened up a whole new avenue of games. And I'm not even talking about Souls like games, right? Mm-hmm. Like Dark Souls to me was like the first like I knew going in like, uh, well, actually, I knew very little going in, but very quickly I discovered like, oh, this is not like other games, right? Like this is, going to present me with a challenge and it's going to teach me how to overcome it then it's up to me to either you know a have the skill or b have the persistence to overcome it and that mindset like that you know mindset of like overcoming impossible odds is something i carried forward into other video game genres it's something i carried forward into real life to be quite honest you know like in for that reason i think dark souls easily deserves a spot on this list you know we say over and over again that Demon Souls was the first, but Dark Souls was the popular one, but Dark Souls was the one I played first and is the one that basically changed how I look at video games, you know, so Dark Souls had to be on my list um, at the expense of many other things I would like to put on this list, but yeah. it, it had to be on there. Yeah, Dark Souls was uh, really close for me, but Dark Souls is more, instead of in- introducing those tastes to me, Dark Souls was more like a convergence of a lot of disparate things that I liked, Yeah, if that makes sense, so like... It didn't really turn me on to anything else, which is why it wasn't on my list, even though I considered it. Yeah. It was more like just like, you know, environmental storytelling that I liked from Metroid, difficulty that I liked from roguelikes and stuff, and like a bunch, just a bunch of different things that suddenly like culminated together and and did this masterpiece. Yeah. And it's like the impact of Dark Souls can't be. Oh, no. You know, I mean, it's, it's probably had it's the more impact on games. any video game in the in the past like decade plus than any other video game like yeah it's 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 changed gaming <laughs> like uh, not hyperbole that's just how it's yeah, been yeah, yeah how else are we going to describe a hard game other than it's the dark souls of blank exactly it's yeah. also like really <laughs> rare like i i've seen it a few times since dark souls where a game comes out and like clearly influences a lot of games after it but a lot of times those games are like popular and they're not, they don't have the mainstream appeal that Dark Souls had. So like yeah. Outer Wilds, for instance, I talk about it a lot, but Outer Wilds did, did the, did its run before it even came out through a lot of developer communities at like shows and stuff. And it won a lot of awards and everything before it was ever finished. 
And like you can see how it's influenced games recently. There have been a lot of games inspired by you know, Deathloop took some inspiration from it. Yeah. Twelve minutes. But um and, and you know, a lot of uh, it probably I don't know if it inspired Forgotten City at all, because uh, the, the development times are a little hazy there. But, yeah, you can see... But Outer Wilds does not have the popularity Dark Souls had, where, like, everybody and their mom played it and thought it was incredible. And it was a huge paradigm shift, right? Like, back in the day, and, like, even... That was at even, a time when games were getting even very Demon easy. Souls, no one bought Demon's Souls. Yeah. Like, everyone was like, yeah, no, that's, like, some weird hardcore It was crap. extremely niche. Yeah, but, Demon's like, for Souls some actually, reason, Dark Souls caught fire. Demon's Souls had a big problem where, like... When it came west, a lot of people who wanted to play it here had already imported it because yeah. it was so niche. They just imported yeah, it. Demon's yeah, Demon Souls was one of those uh, niche classics, and like obviously, like people were probably expecting Dark Souls to be the same, but no, they for whatever to... reason, yeah, it, it dude this that is that Bartholomew trailer that's what did yeah. it for me. That that is one of the best video game trailers I've ever seen. It just. It, it blew up and it changed gaming, especially where single player gaming is concerned. Obviously, lots of advancements have been made in multiplayer gaming and how that's changed for better or worse over the years. But I, I mean, I think Dark Souls uh, has has done wonders for single player gaming. The most important change it had was that like that was at a time when like and even well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but even yeah. multiplayer gaming, like the whole asynchronous yeah. like uh, invasion style. Yeah, that's in a lot of that games. That was now. pretty innovative, and that was Dark Souls. And I yeah. do love that. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh, a lot of games were getting the games were getting stupidly easy at that time. Yeah. Like, yeah, tutorials were getting longer and longer, and like games were just holding your hand. And I don't know if Dark Souls is really the one that convinced everybody, but Dark Souls was definitely like the first moment where like people looked and were like, okay, gamers are competent, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, yeah. I, I don't know if I'll go that far. Dark Souls I don't definitely say those words. The gamer word. Yeah, yeah Dark Souls word. definitely changed that mindset. You know, like games. Yeah, like games. You can trust uh, your player a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Games can be made to to challenge the player unapologetically. Yeah, the AAA games that yeah. you know there were indies out there that were right. challenging. Yeah, but, you know, Super Meat Boy and yeah, but I don't. You know, like obviously we've talked. We probably talked more about Dark Souls than any other game on the show. So like I don't want to belabor the point too much, but I did want to mention that it is on my list. Yeah. Um, Mike, what about your next game? Oh my! I've I've talked about the number three on my list a lot. Yeah. Warframe. Yeah, I, I knew. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was coming. It was on there. Yeah. I don't think any other free-to-play game has grabbed my attention quite as much as Warframe has over the last eight years, nine years, however long it's been out. The longevity is kind of insane, too. Oh, yeah. It's like they keep pumping out good new stuff. Yeah, they're about to release a new story DLC, which I'm excited for. That comes out in five days. Nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah I saw an ad for it. It looked good. Yeah, it's... It's one of those games that redefined what free to play can be. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm gonna blame it for games as a service as well. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the sentiment as much anymore. Uh, Destiny's made some improvements, but I used to believe that it was far and away a better implementation of games as a service yeah. than Destiny. I mean, it's, it's funny though, because like Destiny and Warframe, you know, from the beginning were compared like a lot. Oh yeah. But like at the beginning, Destiny was a sixty dollar game. Yeah. Warframe was free, and it was basically free. doing similar things. Yeah, you know, very so. similar. And now Destiny Two's free to play, other than yeah. the DLC, which you get on Game Pass. Right, yeah. but like Warframe was there from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, doing things that Destiny was doing. So. And Warframe has this combat that no matter, no matter how much you play it, it's still enjoyable. Yeah. Just, just the flow. I don't. I can't it, it does. It has a flow. And that, they keep like, updating it too, right? Oh yeah, they keep adding more stuff. 
Yeah, it has a flow. More, that, like, more ways to be broken. Other than Titanfall, I don't know if I've ever played a game that flows quite like Warframe. Yeah, Warframe. Warframe is also the first game that I've never managed to be able to successfully play drunk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a I lot look, going on. I'll get it, like yeah. two beers in me, and the, the screen's too much. <laughs> yeah, there's too, too much. Process. Too much the process. Yeah. It doesn't take much to prevent me from playing Warframe. <laughs> yeah. Like I've played Overwatch completely hammered <laughs> and done well, but Warframe, nope, I'm lost. That's I don't know where I'm at. Yeah. It's just so fast-paced, and I, I don't know, maybe I just got good at it, Yeah. <laughs> keeping track of it. Yeah. Because it just doesn't feel like it. It's a good video game. It's a really good I haven't played game. it in a long time. I mean, the new update. Yeah, I have it on, I have it installed on my Switch. Hundreds of... Hundreds oh, it's on Switch. It is on Switch, yeah. I think it's... I think it's Warframe on is one of those games that's slowly approaching 1,000 hours for me on Steam. Yeah. Which is a mark that I haven't touched in a while. Yeah. It's not one I've hit very many times. I've got one. I don't have any 1,000-hour games. Yeah, I, I, I have, have Untitled Goose Game is, technically has 1,000 hours because my stepmom left it running oh, on her computer on, yeah. for weeks. I was going to say, oh, you played 1,000 hours of Untitled Goose Game. She couldn't yeah. figure out why You're her computer was psycho. So yeah. No, that's like yeah, a four-hour game. It's yeah, a say. Goose kind of thing. Just replay it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I love replaying Goose Game. I just actually I've never finished Goose Game. Never mind. Yeah, that's pretty good. But back to Warframe. Warframe. Yeah. <laughs> Warframe. I like even though there's a lot of things that the developers have done wrong over the years, they still keep coming back and taking me hand and foot, entire body back into the game. Yeah. I mean that's all you can ask, right? For games as a service, like obviously some decisions are going to be good, some are bad. It's just a matter of like, will the developer, you know. Respond. <laughs> like I can take a six month break and still be pretty relevant in terms of how the game flows. Yeah, and that's not something that's, you can do in Destiny. Yeah, I was gonna not say with Destiny, Destiny, every time I take a break, I come back. I'm just totally. I don't even know where to get the. Totally new overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm just like I can't. Like I. It's a really poor onboarding experience. Like you can easily quit Warframe and then every major update just come back. Yeah, and you'll be fine. Yeah. If you're any modicum of like medium progression, you can do fine. Because all the stuff's geared for new players as well. Yeah. Because it's also a free-to-play game. It's a free-to-play game, yeah. They're growing. They want more people, yeah. They don't want to be Destiny. And they've really shaken it up. Like, you know, that game didn't have open-world areas when it launched. Like, that was a huge areas. update. Yeah. Wow. Didn't have the ability to fly things. Yeah. yeah you can fly things. That was a, it's a vastly different game today than it was at launch. Oh, yeah. We, I was talking to someone who played it just as long as I were. Not as long as I have. And we I was showing them old screenshots that I dug up. The game looks radically different. Even oh the UI God. had gotten redesigned at yeah. some point. Being an old head in an MMO, and I'm going to count Warframe as an MMO here, it is really wild. Really like is. you, 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 I like. You feel like a like Gandalf yeah. almost. Like yeah, you seen it. Like yeah. early in Warframe, it didn't even have the orbiter or any map. It was just a menu, bunch of menus and a map. Yep, I, that was when I played. I and there were decks, decks of yeah. cards. It was not a great system. Yeah. And that, now that those are all gone, every little bit of it that's been reworked yeah. or retouched. Yeah. There's social spaces now. You can walk around your ship now. You can that walk around your ship. Yeah. You can decorate your ship. Oh my, you can I didn't fill know it with a hundred some Roombas. <laughs> uh, okay. The, the friend I know, he opens that. He opened his orbiter. He loaded in. The door opened, and an army poured out <laughs> of space Roombas. He has, I think, forty thousand platinum worth of Roombas. Wow. I'm guessing that's a lot of Roombas. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Each one's a hundred. Oh. oh my god. Oh. <laughs> no, I think each one's like, it's probably 4,000 or some, some high number, I can't remember. 
But he all and he didn't pay a cent for them. It was all organically earned platinum because he sped oh, run like love to hear that. high end content. Yeah. So he just had a lot of things that sold for a lot of money lying around. <sighs> it's good to hear that's like not pay to win, right? Yeah. Like it's you, if you want if you want to buy a prime warframe, you can go trade somebody for it, or you can grind the parts yourself, mm. and then sell those off and then buy the ones you want. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think most and they're really they're really generous with like 75% off coupons too yeah like you're, you're dumb if you buy platinum for full price yeah <laughs> just wait the game's gonna give you a 75% off and then you're gonna spend $20 on $40 worth of premium currency I don't think that math is right but a little less somewhere in there I think <laughs> I spent $20 on $60 worth of premium there currency there you go yeah, yeah. somewhere like in that. there I don't remember yeah yeah Warframe it's solid I've talked about it a lot. There's not much more I can <laughs> yeah, say no, because I yeah. talk about it once yeah, well, every you, year. you got to pay its respect. Yeah. respect In 100 too. episodes, I've yeah. talked about it just about every Just about every episode. Every episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll move us on to the next one with a game I would wager neither of you have ever even heard of unless I've talked about it on the show before. It is called Flife. Which is uh, short for Fly for Fun, and it's the you mentioned f- it, yeah. It's but. the first major MMO I ever like. Not major MMO. It's the first MMO <laughs> I really got into, which because I played Toontown a little bit as a kid, you know, saw the commercials, played it, but my parents wouldn't get me a subscription, so I couldn't really play it. Hey, Toontown was the crap. Flife kicked me off on like getting in very into free-to-play MMOs, specifically Korean ones. Yeah. This was hosted at the time. It switched hands. I keep track of it every once in a while because I think it's fascinating. This game has switched hands so many times, but when I played it, it was owned by a company, or published by a company called G-Potato, G-Potato. which published several MMOs of differing quality, uh, Flife being the only one that is worth looking at, in my opinion. Flight was extremely good to me, though. Like, what is it? You just like fly planes or something? No, it's an RPG. Like, yeah. So the reason it's called Fly for Fun is very gimmicky and not at all related to the actual gameplay. At level twenty, you could buy a hoverboard or a magic broom, and you could fly around on it as as a way to get around quickly. That is it. That is the only reason. Okay. <laughs> Other than that, it is just your bog standard MMORPG. Like you can play as an acro. You know the the classes were like fighter, acrobat, assist, assist. magician. Yeah, assist was weird. Assist was just buffs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna pick assist? Assist. assist? I I knew a few of them because you needed yeah. them. You needed yeah. them around. They were valuable. But yeah, I played as a a magician and uh, magicians. You could dual class. You could um subclass later into either side there was only one subclass after you got your class by the way which is like that's kind of lame yeah yeah like a lot of times there's a lot more than that but um you could become either a scion or an elementalist and like elementalists i thought like that was why i picked magician was because they had these crazy powers where like that would destroy it would melt my computer you could like call in this was you know this would be nothing now but at the time it was insane to me they had like a meteor shower spell yeah. That would like fill the entire screen and kill everything, and it would empty your mana bar and your computer's RAM. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> no. This this game was actually this game inspired my dad to buy me a nicer computer because I was playing it all the time, and I he did smell not smell the burning. No, 
I played it at a friend's house, and my there were a couple underwater areas, and I thought you had to navigate them blind. I thought that was the challenge, but no, my graphics card did not support transparency. <laughs> so when I went when I went underwater, my screen just turned blue, and I played it at a friend's house and realized that there was stuff under there. That's so funny. <laughs> but I I must have played this game forever, and it like I I don't know. It was the first game I played that had like online PvP. Like it had. I it had a server you could log into where everybody could kill each other and there was like morality and stuff yeah. and like I and if you got caught like if you killed other players and then were later killed you got sent to prison and you had to like work your way out of it and that happened to me one time and I like had no idea how to get out I was completely trapped as a kid I didn't know what to do it was it was like an easy quest you had to like get a hundred of an item or something it wasn't terrible but it was a grind and I thought it was this insurmountable task. I thought my game was destroyed. <laughs> I guess I have to make a new character. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I played this game all the time. And I I would strongly suggest anybody look up the soundtrack to this game because it is iconic. It's it's actually I still listen to it to work sometimes. Because it's it's really good. You I do not recommend anyone plays this game in 2021. Is it still available in 2021? I was looking uh, earlier today to see if it was, and it is definitely being distributed by someone. I could not tell. It did not look very legitimate. It looked like a virus. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. So no Maple Story, huh? Uh, this this was before Maple Story for me. So okay, yeah. Yeah. This I, was the this was the the gateway I to a lot of free to play MMOs. An MMO on my list. And if you, you didn't ask, put Maple Story in. No. If you asked me another day, I probably would. But like, that's just the way the list shook out today. But see, I I partially didn't include Maple Story because I thought you would. But this this game does have probably a more important place to me. Yeah, as the than, first one. Yeah. Yeah, as the first because I you know I got some friends into it. I made a lot of friends in it, and I just like so, so all the continents were like floating in the air, right? And so once you unlock the ability to fly you weren't trapped on this island anymore and you could suddenly like the world That's just cool. opened up yeah. and there was so and there was only one right place to go like where you would still find enemies you could kill and all but like the world just got so much bigger and it was, it was just wild very yeah. very cool yeah i think the reason an mmo isn't on my list is because i only really played two runescape yeah. and maple story and obviously they had a big impact on me but like i don't think it like stayed with me the hunger to play mmos kind of died with maple story yeah. i think See, yeah, Flife, Flife got me into it. I played a lot of smaller ones for a long time as a kid. I would spend... I actually... I spent more time trying to get them to work on my computer than playing them, probably. <laughs> until I found Mobinogi, which was, like, the MMO I lived in for years. Yeah. Which I played considerably more than I played Flife. But Flife was, like, the... You gotta pay your specs. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. where you start. What a... Yeah, God. It's a, it was a good game, too. Like, it wasn't bad. And, like, even the... I don't even remember what you could buy in the game, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't remember why people spent money on it. Looking back, I think there must have been... There like, had to have been something. It's an MMO. There must have just been, like, really good it's items. It's a free-to-play MMO, but I, had to, you had to spend money on something. I, you know, I never spent a dime on it. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe there were, like, faster hoverboards or whatever. Mm. Like, Because I did spend a lot of time traveling. <laughs> yeah. That's that's part of the fun in MMOs. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. All right. Should I, should I go with mine? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, my next one is Banjo-Kazooie. And, uh, I know Connor is a hater. He can he can hate all he wants. Hate's a strong word, but I, I, don't, but, um, I don't love it. So, Banjo-Kazooie, so, like, it's interesting, right? Because Super Mario 64 was the first video game I've ever played, right? Uh, and it was a 3D platformer. Banjo-Kazooie, 
on the, uh, a mascot 3D platformer, right? Yeah. Banjo Kazooie is basically the same thing, right? But like something about the aesthetic of Banjo Kazooie, the music, the levels, it really draw, you know, drew me in and made me fall in love with the genre. And I still love it to this day, I think because of Banjo-Kazooie. It does a lot of stuff better than Super Mario 64 yeah. too. Like it doesn't kick you out of the level when you get a jiggy, does it? No. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, that alone makes it a lot. <laughs> Plus like, I don't know, like the levels in Super Mario 64, obviously revolutionary, but like they were just like isolated levels. Like each Banjo-Kazooie level felt like a little world, you know, yeah. like... It, it was, and, and I've mentioned before, like, little me getting the VHS tape that had the ad for Banjo-Kazooie on it and just watching it over and over and again. Yeah. Like, anticipating this game, like, I need to play this game, I need to play this game, and I finally got it. And I also remember, you know, uh, when Banjo-Tooie came out, like, I remember really wanting that more than anything, and then one of my best friends at the time came to my, like, second grade or first grade birthday party or something, and I got that as a present, and it was, like, the best, like, one of the happiest moments of my life. I remember, like, yeah, getting Banjo-Tooie that way. But Banjo-Kazooie itself, like... Banjo-Kazooie is one of those games where, like, I was telling Connor, like... Yeah, they're putting Banjo-Kazooie on the Nintendo Switch online service in January. Which is a terrible service. It is a terrible service. Anyway. It is terrible a terrible service. service. I'm going to pay for that. Because I want to... <laughs> gotcha. I want to support sinker. Banjo-Kazooie in any way I can. Because, unfortunately, like, a lot of these games we've talked about... Banjo-Kazooie really just got left by the wayside. You know, like, a lot of older games come back nowadays. Banjo-Kazooie, still no sign of ba Banjo-Kazooie, you know, in 2021. It's kind of been, I don't want to say forgotten, but definitely left behind as, you know, over Rare's the ages. busy. They're being busy being pirates. Yeah, yeah, Rare is busy. I don't think Rare will make it, even if a third one comes out. There's not a lot of people at Rare that are, like, yeah. from the Banjo-Kazooie days anyway. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I have to show my love and support for it in the slim hopes that it'll motivate... You know, whoever, Nintendo, Microsoft, whoever, to make a successor. But, like... They made a successor. Yeah. A successor that isn't, like, a cart-building game or whatever? No, ukulele. Yeah, they okay. had the chameleon. Yeah, ukulele. So, ukulele is interesting. Like, I often think, you know, because ukulele, as we all know, is the spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie, made by a lot of the same people who worked on the originals. And it's not a very good game, I think. But I also go back and think, like, if I had played ukulele as, like, a six- or seven-year-old rather than Banjo-Kazooie, what would I think? I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe it, 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 I could have fallen for that. A, lo a lot of ukulele's faults were, like, not learning from 20 years of game design. Yeah, it was just basically the same thing again, but lacking the charm, I think. Yeah. Which, which was just, it was just, like, vapid. <laughs> like, yeah. And to no be fair, purpose. they did make a good ukulele game. Ukulele is yeah, impossible but like, it later, wasn't, but it wasn't, know, in that it style. wasn't a banjo yeah. game. Yeah, it was a Donkey Kong Country. But man, one. like, you know, it's a bear with a bird stuffed into his backpack, you know? Like, yeah. and like, the the weird sounds they make when they talk, like I know it's like super obnoxious, uh, but yeah, like I that was, stuff's charming to you when you're a kid. It was charming when I was when you're 24 years old it, and playing it for the yeah, first time. For the it's first untenable. time, I can understand, but like, <laughs> but yeah, like it, that world is just full of like quirky little characters, yeah, uh, mumbo jumbo, bottles, <laughs> yeah, the little like hedgehog thing that, or was it a hedgehog or beaver or something? Bottles, Ground, bottles of groundhog, groundhog, oh, a mole. That's, oh, he's a mole. mole? He's a mole. All the same thing. Who cares? <laughs> I couldn't tell you the difference. It's a mole. Yeah. yeah, but like, it teaches you moves and like. I, and another thing I loved about Banjo Kazooie, like over Super Mario sixty four, was like learning new attacks and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought that was so cool, and like finally, you know, getting the ability. Well, not finally, but I think you get the ability to like fly in level two, 
and it's just like super like I never even expected that like now I'm flying in this platformer game and like it was just like yeah my my banjo kazooie is Spyro like yeah I I figured yeah, yeah. And, and they're very similar games like, yeah <laughs> it's just like yeah it just sucks you into this like really charming world that you don't want to leave and like it definitely made me stand for that genre yeah. even to this day like mascot yeah. 3D platformers I tie my love back to that one game. Yeah. So. Like, everything you just said, if I replace Banjo-Kazooie with Spyro, yeah, figured, it applies yeah. perfectly. Yeah, yeah, like, I feel like, it, it, it is interesting, because, yeah. like, I often think, like, played, yeah. you know, like, how much of this is just the fact that, you know, like, it was the first one. Like, if I had discovered Spyro first, would I be, yeah. like, on, you know... You'd be Connor. Yeah, I'd be Connor, mm -hmm. you know, like... Yeah. But, be cynical. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love Banjo-Kazooie to death, and I can only hope that somebody, please, for the love of God, bring it back. Yeah. Um, Sonic fans have been saying for years. I mean, the Sonic fans have been getting yeah, stuff we get for games. years. They're, they're just bad. Games. They're terrible, they're but like, at least it's something. Come on, right? All like, I'm saying is bring Shadow the Hedgehog back. Put him in. Give me Shadow the Hedgehog 2. Yeah, is that your next game? Shadow the Hedgehog? No, unfortunately. What's your, what's your next game? My like? next game is actually a PlayStation 1 title called Engine Racing. Engine Racing? Never, I have never heard never of this. Never heard of that? Well, uh, I'm just going to show you the box art and... <laughs> Take a guess of what it's about. This is going to go great for our audio medium. I'll describe it. <laughs> it's about planes. All right, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. It's where it all started. It's where it all started. Where it all started. That's the rabbit hole that Project Wingman brought me back into. But it was a plane racing game. Okay. And I was like, I think when I played this, it was like 2000, 2001. So I was a real young kid and didn't quite understand what a plane was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, but I didn't. Yeah. I just thought plane looked cool. Plane have eagle. Plane goes scary. Were you, were you a caveman when you were yeah, a kid? I was, yes. I, I, have, now. I have not changed. <laughs> um, but I don't even remember playing the game a lot. Because I remember getting past like the beginning levels where they don't give you guns and missiles. Yeah, I feel like we all had a game like that where like... And then they give you guns and missiles and I could never win. Yeah, I remember... There are a few games from my childhood I remember playing, but like... I don't remember doing anything in them. I remember that I played the game, and that is I, it. Yeah, I remember like, playing the game a lot, and playing those first couple levels a lot. Yeah. But I don't remember getting anywhere past that. Yeah. It just holds a soft spot, because it brought me into the rabbit hole playing Sims. Yeah. And here yeah. I am now, playing Project Wingman. And loving it, and it being in your Spotify wrapped. Yeah, it was in my Spotify <laughs> wrapped. I listened to that song so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. just one song. Yeah. And I think Ace Combat 6 is going to end up in my Spotify rap this year. Well, it's always interesting to like. That's what I was kind of hoping when I suggested this topic is like we could like trace back the origin of like a lot yeah. of our things. So it's always fascinating to hear where that stuff comes from. So. Yeah, that was that was what was interesting about this topic to me too was like tracing my favorite games now and like back to back. the prototypical. Yeah, like yeah. Do you have more to say about? And I do not. Okay. Yeah. So my next game. Speaking of. Um, like, the prototypical versions of our favorite game. My favorite game of all time, as of now, is Outer Wilds, right? Expected, yeah. But if you trace that back, the, the like, first game that put me down this path was actually a game called Gone Home that I believe Mike okay. hates. <laughs> and, um, but I, I really like Gone Home, and it's a game that, like, I like to show people. I, uh, it's, it's a game I like to show to people who don't play a lot of games because I think it's extremely different 
Like when you talk of, like when you talk about video games to someone who doesn't play them, Gone Home is vastly different from what yeah, they imagine. One thing that angers my caveman brain is pretentious <laughs> indie games. They see they they give me serotonin. Yeah, <laughs> they know. anger my caveman brain. <laughs> but like but you, you got you, again, like Gone Home. Like even if you don't like it, you got to acknowledge the impact it's had yeah. on gaming because yeah, yeah, it was the first good walking sim. Yeah. Like I got it in a humble bundle and I played it i thought it was a horror game going in first of all a lot and of like, people that it definitely yeah, it I definitely it tricks you it tricks you into yeah. thinking that yeah to, to kind of give you that tension which i think that tension was really smart because it makes you not notice some of the like maybe not amazing writing like it's, it's not bad is not what i'm saying but like i think it is you give it a pass more because your brain is like on high alert waiting for something scary but, like, you're walking around and you just, like, explore this house and you piece together a story on your own. And I I love that in games. I love piecing a story together on my own. And, like, obviously Outer Wilds takes that and is like, well, what if it has a good video game on it, too? Yeah. Like, and that's, and, you know, that's why Outer Wilds is incredible. What if there's a good game here? Yeah, but Gone Home, like, you know, I remember, um, you know, my girlfriend in high school who, you know, was not into a lot of the games I played, we sat down and we played Gone Home together and it was, like, super fun. And it's it's a game I just love sharing with people when I, I care about because I think it's a really good gateway to the medium. Yeah. There's always games like that out there. Like, I, I've encountered people in my life being like, oh, I don't play video games. So I'm just like, oh, will you let me change your mind? You know, oh, like, yeah. there's yeah. always a way into uh, the industry. My, or, my, into the medium, drug. yeah. Yeah, it, 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 Gone Home is good too as well. It, it's not very long. It's only yeah. a few hours long. I actually, Gone Home is not my go-to for this anymore. It's actually the beginner's guide, which is extremely mm-hmm. similar to Gone Home mechanically, and that it doesn't have a ton of mechanics. And uh, But you just walk around and experience the story. Yeah. And uh, actually, Gone Home, you probably have to piece together the story on your own a little more than you do beginner's guide. But yeah, I would it's still... Yeah, beginner's guide to gaming. Yeah. But yeah, I... I, I love Gone Home. That game holds a very special place in my heart. I still, I think it was one of the first games I played in VR because I modded it uh-huh. to to be VR because I wanted to be in that house because it it was like such an important place to me. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy it too. So my next game, no surprise to anyone, is Civilization Five. Oh, that was going to be on my list. Is it on your list? It's kinda. Yeah, I put so, like two through five, but. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to lump them all together. Yeah, I guess we can just get into it then. But, like, okay, so I... With combining Civilization six, 5 and 6, I have over 1,000 hours on Steam playing I those games. all together in every Civ, I probably have about 1,000 hours. Yeah, and it's the only 1,000-hour game I have. Like, I think in my entire... No, Destiny 1 is over 1,000 hours, but... Um, yeah, Civilization. I've told this story in this podcast before, so I don't want to labor on it too long. That 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 makes my caveman brain happy. Yeah. Civilization, that one, press the end turn button. I don't even care if I do anything, just gotta oh, press yeah. that button. Yeah, it's, it's that it's, instant release of yeah. serotonin. It's like, yeah, so as a freshman in college, I discovered Civilization for the first time. Civilization five, And it just, I remember the weekend where I discovered that that's all I did. <laughs> I didn't do anything else. I just, you know, I was like, what is this? I've never had anything like, I've never experienced anything like this before. It's just button, like, number go up. And exact, no, well, like the whole one more turn thing, like, it's true. Like, it's like every turn there's something you want to do. Even if you think you're done, then something else pops up and it's just like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. I need more, to do this. More production. Nukes. Yeah. I, I've got the, I felt the one more turn syndrome before, but I, I don't even think I have a hundred hours in Civ. Like, I, yeah. I, 
I've played Civ Five, but I did not get as into it as you guys. Yeah, I, just... I didn't play Civ Five as much as I played Civ Three and Two. Yeah, so you're 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 I'm used to the old a veteran. Too. Yeah, veteran. Yeah, I actually did at some point play the first Civ as well. I mean, that's I how Civ is, right? Like the bit. previous Civ is going to be better than the new one until all the DLC for the yeah. new one comes out. I don't out, know. Civ Two was kind of bad. It was. <laughs> it was it wasn't actually produced by Frixis or Fraxis or whatever. Yeah, Fraxis. Fraxis. Yeah, Fraxis. 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 It was produced by like a third party company. Yeah, but no. So it was. It, it was. It again. It opened up a whole new genre of game for me. Right. Like I didn't play like, those strategy turn based Forexes. Yeah, I never touched. I never even heard of a Forex game before Civilization. You know, like the closest analog I can get, and it's not even close. But. I played Roller Coaster Tycoon when I was a little bit, and it had some strategy elements. Yeah, that's, that's about the closest game. I can get, you know. Like, but like with Civilization, there were so many things to think about. Like, you had to. There's so many elements happening at the same time. Really, you got to think of your science, your culture, your economy, your religion, your diplomacy, and all of this. And it's just like, it's it's. I I love that sense of just being drowned by systems I'm, and. I'm, I'm laughing because my first uh, my first RTS or first strategy game in general was a Korean pre MMO. <laughs> I don't yeah. even remember what it was called, but it was terrible. That's, <laughs> we're over here like, man, we we played Civ, and Connor's like, I played Korean games. Korean yeah. Civ, yeah, Korean Civ, Korean. whatever that is. That was terrible, but yeah, Connor, the, Connor had that internet access as a kid that yep. I didn't. Yeah, I'm but yeah, sure like I dove into Korea too. But and I guess I it was just a product of like being in the dorms in college. But like there were other people who had Civilization yeah. on their laptops, and we do yeah, like land was, get togethers. And I've done I've done hot seat multiplayer in Civ. Yep, I've tried yeah. hot seat before, and it's just like, we played that when I worked at summer camp. My buddy Isaac had it on a uh, had it on his laptop, and we played a little bit. Yeah. And like uh, I'm, I'm one that really enjoys like the slower pace. So I always play on standard. Or I even remember there was a phase in Civ Five where I'd no. only play on epic difficulty. Or marathon. Uh, I tried marathon once, and then I was just like, I can't do this because it's just like each era is the length of an entire standard game. Uh, <laughs> so it's actually like dozens. Hours. It's actually like hundreds of hours. Like like. But uh, I have done epic before, which is like a longer version of Civ, which is just I think stupid. I used to play on normal. Yeah. But yeah, normal is the way to go. But normal like, is probably what I was playing on because I was. I bad. think, I think for an extra life one year, I'm just gonna play a marathon Civ game. You won't finish yeah, it. Yeah, you won't even get close. <laughs> Two extra lives. I'll, do, I'll just stay up. Until <laughs> It'll be the a game's yearly over. tradition. Yeah, you'll just record four extra lives. And... <laughs> but yeah, Civ. Span of four days. It's interesting. I don't know if it's because Civilization was my first four X game, but. All of the ones I've tried afterward haven't really captured that same magic, at least for me. I've tried all sorts of, and, and to, all sorts of great games, don't get me wrong. Like, I've tried, like, I dabbled a little bit with, you know, Grand Strategy, and, like, I play a lot of, like, the, uh, I play, like, Stellaris and Endless Space and, like, uh, others that I can't think of right now, but, um, yeah, like, they're great, but, like, I always, always come back to Civilization, you know, like, and... Yeah. You always and gotta come back to the original. With Civilization Six, you know, like that's my go-to right now. Like, like I still to this day, like if someone calls me up and is like, "Hey, you wanna play Civ Six? I get on, and then basically all plans are gone, and that's all I'm doing. You know, so like I can't it's just record today playing Civ Six. Yeah, Sorry, can't play Valheim that I asked you to buy to play with me. I'm too busy yeah. playing Civ Six for the next eight months. That's just, <laughs> just it happens, man. <laughs> it's hey, I I play Valheim every weekend. Well, yeah. 
It's a. It's I interesting because like skill down. It's it's not. We've talked about addictive games before, but like, it definitely is to me. Like I really, yeah. some people can resist the one more turn temptation stronger than others. Sometimes you just get like I think the only thing that ends a session of Civ for me is I either get bored. Yeah, which does happen. Sometimes you're just like I. I mean, I've already won. Yeah, it's just a matter of waiting, and I don't want to wait. Yeah, I feel that. Or I'm tired, or I need to eat. So I need to turn the game hey man, off for even, 20 even, seconds. Even those things haven't stopped me before. Like, I've told myself, like, all right, I have a hard stop at 5. Look at the clock. It's, like, 11 o'clock. And oh, I'm yeah. just like, well, mm. this is just what happened. You have to you sleep. Know? So, yeah. And, uh, man, there's... Like, I'll uh, physically have to manually hold my eyes open to hit that save game button and then immediately topple over. Yeah. Because yeah, I can't press one more turn. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's it's something, man. Like, there's nothing quite Civ like a, it. Civ's a drug. A lot of 4X games out there, but nothing quite like Civ, I think. Yeah. I, they, they didn't even intentionally do it. It just happened. I think I agree with you, but I, I think that's a really happy uh, accident. Uh, people were just going to get that serotonin response. Friend of the show, right? Endgame. Yeah, Ryan to the show. Agrees. Ryan, I think, would disagree with us about whether or not it's intentional to make Civ addictive. But yeah. I mean, back when they first came case. with the first Civ, I don't think they intentionally made it. They, they didn't. We didn't. Know yeah, but they didn't stop. Back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the theory of making games addictive wasn't even a thought in people's heads. They were just programming fun little things to put together. Uh, I don't know. Polybius was uh, pretty addictive. That's not a real game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. actually. <laughs> so Civ, um, actually, me with like a conspiracy so, theory. Yeah, Civ. Obviously, Civ Six is the one I play. Civ Five is the one that had to be on this list. And it's funny. I think Mike, you were gonna put like five Civ games on your list in one yes, package. But I'm which, gonna combine them and I'm gonna cut yeah. Civs out and I'll put another Civilization spinoff in there. All right. So do you want to go next? Good follow up, I guess. Well, the follow up is actually The Witcher Three because that's my next one on the list. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Civs up next. Yeah. But. I think The Witcher 3 is that first RPG I played that changed my concept of what an RPG could do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does does things that... Oblivion. It's colossal. The Witcher really phoned home, like, oh, God, this is a world. Uh, Especially in terms of, like, side quest design and impact, like how the side quests keep tying back into the story and stuff like that. The side quests will tie back into each other. That was pretty... It was pretty revolutionary at the time, you know, like... A lot of games took inspiration from The Witcher 3. Yeah, like, you do a side quest, and then five, six hours later, you see that person again, and you wouldn't know why. Like, what did I do? Or they'd be dead. Yeah, I haven't played this game, so... There's just consequences. Every action you did had a consequence somewhere down the line, and you might not even see it in the game. Yeah, it, it might just be, like... It'll be in a more. book you read later. It really, yeah, it might be in a book. It really felt like a like a, a world, you know? Yeah. Like, it really felt like you're actions had consequences you felt and, like you were a part of a world and, rather than the world just revolving and this is coming from someone i have 40 hours in the witcher 3 and then i happened to accidentally delete my save no. and i had I, 87 80 so you hours. didn't even beat the game right i'm finishing up all the rest of those hunts and everything yeah. before i finished because the, the witcher DLC. 3 is a massive game and like i always always have wanted to go back to it but like i just can't it's like replaying 40 hours of content is a lot it's a to lot ask. It's a good 40 hours. It though. is a great 40 it's hours. It's great, enjoyable and I'm just 40 like, hours. But I'm like, I can't believe, like, there are a couple times in my life where I've experienced the pain of, like, deleting a save. Like, one was actually Super Mario 64. Funny story. Like, someone else deleted that save. Mm-hmm. They, like, 
were were mean to me or whatever. And yeah. like they came over and deleted my save, and I like cried for hours. Like no. it was it was terrible. You lost eight hours of progress. No, no but to me, like yeah, that was the only kid, game yeah. I had. Like, oh it was, like, no, it was like a big deal to me. But like uh, yeah, eight hours of progress. Was but you know, forty hours of The Witcher Three. Yeah, 40 I hours. probably should have cried about that. Forty hours of The Witcher Three is a full work week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that is. you could either you could get paid or play forty hours yeah. of The Witcher. One of those is better than the one other. One of these, I still have it in my head that one of these days I'll go back to it, but... Oh, it's... Yeah. it's I, I, I want to play it someday, It but is definitely a game. Maybe I'll get to 40 hours and I'll send you my save. <laughs> <laughs> that it resonates. Like, I can't describe it. Like, Mass Effect, sure. I'm not going to talk about Mass Effect. It's later on the list. Yeah, I figured no it would be. No. But it re- all the choices felt like they mattered. Whereas other games at the time, the choices were kind of just these binary options. But yeah. The Witcher had me legitimately thinking, like, is this a good idea? Is yeah. this morally right? Mm-hmm. Is this ethical? Yeah. If it's, I mean, if the writing in it is anywhere near as good as the Netflix series, it's got to be incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I feel like there's a better. lot of, there's uh, yeah. so much gray in The Witcher that yeah. there's no, there's no choices straight black yeah. and white. Yeah. Like, I found myself more like, what would Geralt do in this situation rather than, what would I do in this situation? Yeah, I got you actually roleplay. Yeah, I played Geralt. It's also funny with The Witcher 3, like, did you play Witcher 1 and 2? No. Neither did I. You know, like, Witcher 3 was the one that really sort of captured everyone, mm-hmm. like, regardless of whether they played the first two or not. And you understood what was going on because it was all explained. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty fairly. Pretty remarkable, you know, because, like, Witcher 1 and 2 were pretty meaty games, from oh, what yeah, I understand. <laughs> like, meaty. And uh, the fact that, pe- like, I feel like most people just jumped into three and like really Which enjoyed it. Which is also an yeah. older game at this point that like it is does yeah, not isn't feel it? old. Is yeah, it, yeah well, it's well, still, was it like twenty fifteen or something? Twenty like same year as Fallout Four. Sixteen, fifteen. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. We were recording the podcast at the time, or we had, that'd be twenty seventeen. We the podcast had not started yet when this came out. Mm. This was around the time where I started failing my college classes. Because Fallout Four came out. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I think that was my freshman year of college, so that would have been That was my sophomore year of college. I, I remember going in, waking up every day, booting up Fallout 4, playing it until I went to band. Yeah. Coming back from band, playing more Fallout 4. Yeah. Non-stop, just in and out, in and out. Yeah. Games can do that to you. That's the last game that did that to me, too. Yeah. Now I'm an adult who has a job who can't just say, I don't want to go to work today. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, The Witcher, yeah. It's, uh, I... I I will, I will get back to it one day. I just keep one telling myself days. that. Yeah. One of these days you'll play The Witcher. One of these days I'll also play Cyberpunk, but like I'm waiting for it to not be a broken yeah, mess. I mean, my roommate put... He had his vacation last week. He put like 58 hours in two days. <laughs> to Cyberpunk? To Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah like Cyberpunk looks fun. Days, I just want it to hours. work when I play yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it'll work eventually, and that's yeah. when I'll play it. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in no rush. Like, yeah. apparently it works now, but uh, okay. I don't want to get back into it. I'll wait until it's cheap, then. I'll wait until the DLC's out. Next game? Are you ready for that? Or... We're ready for next year. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Terraria. Uh, Terraria was like one of the first games I thought of for this list. Not really because it influenced my taste in games so much, but it was like one of the first games I played as a kid where I like was cognizant that this was a game made by like two people. And I was like, I could do this. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it was like one of the first games that like made me try to do game development. I remember me and some of my friends like started in middle school trying to like learn programming and learn to do game development because of Terraria and like obviously now like you know Terraria is like it's kind of like a 2D Minecraft if you've never played it and it's this uh I guess we haven't been describing games 
from a core level super well throughout this episode yeah, now that I, mean, I think like, about it. Games like Terraria, I feel like it's kind Terraria of... is pretty well known, but uh, it's I it's still one of it, it may be my most played game on Steam as far as like actual real hours played, not just leaving it on. Because <laughs> um, I. I just replay every time there's a major update. Me and my friends replay it from scratch, sometimes more than once, because like, you know, you can generate a world and not get all the content in Terraria. Like, yeah. there's a yeah. thing called the Corruption versus the Crimson, and you only get one of the two, and the bosses are different. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just such a massive game, and it it really like, I, I feel like it did kind of inspire my love of Noita because Noita and Terraria have similar combat styles, sorta. The DNA is similar. The, the DNA is similar, yeah. That is that is a good way to put it. And, uh... I mean, Noida's... Amazing. Noida's... <laughs> what are they, Polish? Yeah, Polish. Yeah, okay, Noida's Polish. The Poles are well-known for no, making their games... Finnish. Well. Finnish? The Finns are well-known for Finnish. also making their games very, very yeah. difficult. Noida is Finnish mythology, I it's, believe. Uh, it's interesting, because, like, Terraria, like, at the time, I always thought of it as, like, the 2D analog to Minecraft. Yeah, but it's so different. That's what I thought of it when it came out. Yeah. And my friend had to, my friend Antonio had to talk me into buying it for two dollars and fifty cents, which is a lot of money to an eighth grader. And um, he had to like really convince me to buy it because I was just like, it's just Minecraft but two D. Why yeah. would I pay for less D? Yeah, less D. <laughs> yeah, and then I bought it and was immediately engrossed by like, it, it's it's it just has combat like in a way that Minecraft really doesn't. It cares about boss fights and exploration and stuff and like. Terraria, you will explore your entire world because the worlds are finite and in, in Minecraft. You're not going to do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, Terraria. Terraria's a very good game, and I would recommend it to basically anybody to give it a shot. It is a little grindy, uh, especially if you want some of the better items. But I have played it through so many times. I mean, yeah. it's the only game with like grinding like that where I have actually done the grind multiple times because I love it so much. And yeah, it, it got me into game development in a pretty meaningful way. It got me into like learning procedural generation, and it, I don't know, it kind of, like, it, Notch might have been before Redigit, but like, Redigit was like the first celebrity game developer that I followed and like kept an eye on and like looked up to a lot. Yeah. Because Notch was kind of unattainable. Redigit was less unattainable to me, I guess, because the game was 2D, I don't know. But I, I, Terraria is very special to me. We don't talk about Notch anymore. No, we do not. So we talk about Redigit, though. Yeah, Redigit's a pretty wholesome dude. Pretty, pretty he walked away dude. from the game for his family, and then he came back. Terraria is an incredible game, and Did it's always... Did he also do work on Starbound? No. No? Yeah. That was um, Tyuri, who did some art on Terraria, I believe, and then went on to do Starbound, which is a terrible game. Terrible game. It was good in launch, or it was good in its beta. Yeah, and then it got worse every update. Worse. I always have in my head that like Terraria is one of the, those games I always want to see through. Like I always start it and I have a really good time, but for whatever reason, I guess it's I just feel a little directionless and I just yeah, like I think stop playing. Part but, of the reason is I think you've well, I've only ever really played Terraria multiplayer. I don't think I've ever done a single player playthrough. Mm -hmm. But I, I remember you played with me and my friends one time. And we were, like, so experienced and everything that, like, we were, like, rushing to the parts of the games that we love. Yeah, I need to find someone who's, like, brand Yeah, somebody like who's me. not played yeah. it, yeah. And that's Which is, might tough be to hard find because Terraria is one of the most popular games yeah. on Steam, you know. I mean, I think I got Steam for Terraria. It was Terraria or Bad Company 2 that made me install Steam and have, like, talking wow. about games that are formative for me. The one that got Steam onto my computer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. once Steam's on your computer, it doesn't leave. It's downhill, yeah. 
Yeah, imagine owning one Steam game. Like, can you even remember what that was like? <laughs> no. no. I can remember owning zero Steam games. As someone who isn't a PC gamer, I can't even remember that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, technically, my first owned Steam game was Dota 2. Wow. Yeah, no, mine was almost certainly Terraria. I account to all the freedom of, you know, Terraria's having a, a, a Steam account. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't have a ton more to say about it. Just, you know, got me into game development, and that's yeah. huge. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah. 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 That's life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so my next game is a Bioware game. And it is probably not the Bioware game you all think it is. Oh. So, and I feel like this might be a sort of spicy pick. Like, people might think this is doo-doo. But I'm going to talk about Dragon Age Origins. That's not doo-doo. You don't that's, think so? Yeah, no, I feel like people yeah. hate on if it unfairly. you Dragon Age 2, I'm no. like, that's doo-doo. So Dragon Age Origins, that's I bad, remember bad take. very clearly, I think, like, in high school, maybe I was a junior or something... This is one of those games that, like, I don't know how, but all of my friend group collectively decided to play this game. Yeah. And this was basically, like, all we talked about for months and months and months. And it was my first Bioware RPG. And I think it was one of my first, like, 3D action strategy RPGs ever. Right? Like, um, and I know Dragon Age came out after Mass Effect 1. And I had not played Mass Effect 1, right? Like, I played Dragon Age... And then I was like, okay, Bioware, obviously, they make my style of games, and then I got into Mass Effect mm-hmm. after that. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, uh, yeah. I was, well, I always I always figured maybe I want to check out, like, Baldur's Gate or something like that, but, like, uh, which they're also very well known for. But, um, but, yeah, Dragon Age Origins, it's interesting to me, because, like, it's, its story, now that I think about it, isn't, like, anything remarkable, I would say, like The Witcher 3 is, but, like... It was it was interesting because at the time it was like one of the first ones that was just like okay you form these you know friendships with your party and like you can make these choices that come back later in the game and obviously you know, like that's such a common aspect of RPGs right like but like it was the, my first real experience to something like that in an RPG yeah. um, the Bioware RPG right like. Bioware RPGs are known for, like, you make these major decisions at the end of major quest lines that impact the state of the game going forward. Mm-hmm. And Dragon Age Origins was full of these kinds of choices, and that led to the game being highly replayable, too. I can't even count the number of times me and my friends replayed it, you know, like... And it was it was, it was was just one of those games where it was just, like, it totally captured, you know, our all of our attention, and it's, like, all we wanted to talk about, it, yeah. as weird as it sounds. But uh, I remember how hyped we were, you know, after playing Dragon Age Origins for Dragon Age 2. I remember how excited oh. we were for Dragon Age 2. And I remember when that first trailer came out, we were like, oh my god, look at this, look at this. Like, we'd watch it on YouTube. I can't even remember how many times we watched that trailer on YouTube. we just, like, watch it over and over again. And then the game came out and it was doo-doo. Yeah. And it, like, didn't even reference, basically, your character in Dragon Age 1, who was, like, the hero of Ferelden, right? Like, you start out and you basically, like, save the world at the end of the game. Yeah. And you could potentially become king at the end of the game. And we thought all these elements would carry over to Dragon Age 2. Not really. <laughs> like... I, I think the only Dragon Age game I've played is Inquisition. Inquisition, yeah. Like, and it's, I it's hated weird, it. Like, I bounced off it really I think hard. Dragon Age Origins easily the best Dragon Age game, right? Like, I, I feel like Bioware hasn't been able to recapture that magic. But, like, I've also talked to people that say, like, Dragon Age just as a whole sucks, and I don't know if I agree with that. Like, Dragon Age Origins was definitely, I think, a very formative game for me. Yeah. And really sort of got me, you know, like, if if Oblivion got me into, like, first-person gaming in general, 
then Dragon Age Origins got me into Western RPGs in general, I think, is fair to say. And yeah, I just, uh, I just, I love that game to bits. I still remember, like, you know, years after it had fallen out of, like, our collective consciousness, like, I went back. Like, I think that this is the last time I played my PS3. Like, I booted it up, Mm -hmm. replayed the whole thing through, and, like, got the Platinum Trophy. Like, just beat everything Mm -hmm. as, like, just one final, like, goodbye to that game. Um, Yeah, it's a great game. It's one that I would love to see, like, maybe, like, a remake of someday, but I don't know. So you could play it all again. Yeah, Yeah, I I would totally play it all again. But, like, obviously, I think Mass Effect is the more popular choice there if if Bioware were to pursue something like that. Yeah. Um, they did do it. You have any thoughts on Dragon Age, Mike? I know you, you, uh, you played it, right? I've played it. What'd you I think have of it? A lot of thoughts about it. It's a good game. It's a good game. Yeah, it's about all I got. Good game, yeah. no thoughts. Good game, no thoughts. Head yeah. empty. I, I figured it would Sleep be like deprivation kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of a unique pick because I feel like a lot of people wouldn't. If you were, if you ask someone if what are your top ten most influential games, I don't really think many people would say Dragon Age Origins, but it definitely was for me. So, um, yeah. How about you, Mike? All right, so number six is originally going to be like five Civ games, but instead it's just going to be Sid Meier's uh, Alpha Centauri. Okay. Which mm-hmm. was probably the best of the old school Civ games, honestly. Yeah. I still go back and play it today, even though it looks like garbage. Yeah. But looks it, on everything. I remember kinda, people, like when Beyond Earth came out, they were like, this is the sequel to Alpha Centauri. And that's like an inferior version. I played it and it was like not as good as Civ Five, but yeah. Yeah, Alpha Centauri is just about as deep as a modern Civ but it throws you on a completely alien planet where the planet wants to kill you. That's cool. Yeah. With mind worms. <laughs> and as you progress through the game, they get worse and worse and worse until eventually your cities are not under siege by other players, but, you know, the planet. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's a Civ game. That's We've already talked in depth about Civ. This is just Civ on an alien yeah, planet. 4X yeah. in space, you know. But, in space. but you could commit war crimes and uh. get away with it. Because it's if, in space. Because aliens aren't people, right? No, it's there's a bunch of people that oh, were okay. on a UN ship, college ship that crashed. There are aliens, but we don't mm-hmm. talk about those. That's an expansion. Mm-hmm. But if the co- communication grid goes down and you do anything naughty, like launch a <laughs> planet breaker missile at somebody, mm-hmm. no one will know. Oh. So you can, you can play around it's the game. It's kind of spicy. Yeah. yeah. There's like a global warming mechanic in it. So as you industrialize, the water level will raise. Couldn't oh. get away from that, right? Oh. <laughs> Follow them to, that. The, to space. Follow them to space. Follow <clears throat> them all the way to Alpha Centauri. Rats. <laughs> all the factions in that one are also really unique. Because you have like this African businessman, this group of Chinese people that are all about nerve-stapling people. Nerve-stapling? Yes. Does that is that what I think it is? Stapling people together via their nerves. No, it's okay. uh, they stick like a chip in some people's brain to remove all like executive thought. Mm. Oh, and just make them mindless drones. I don't like that. Yeah, it's there's like a there's a whole faction that's dedicated to being hyper religious, and mm-hmm. uh, Sister Miriam can go die in a hole for all I care. I hate her. Yeah, she's awful, awful, awful. Character. So it has like a character. Yeah, every every leader has a character, and they'll yeah. play to that character. Okay, I remember like when I was playing. Uh, Beyond Earth, Civilization Beyond Earth. Like, everyone was saying, like, Alpha Centauri is, like, the best oh, yeah, Alpha Sid Meier game. And I was just like, yeah, I gotta check this out sometime, you know? Like, this yeah, is... I think I have a 
I think I have it on GOG. Uh, it's yeah. dirt cheap on GOG. I believe that. Perfectly fine. Everything's dirt cheap on GOG. Oh, well, yeah, it's it's an ancient game. You yeah. can buy it with the expansion, which adds the aliens and, I think, a bunch of pirates. Interesting. Space pirates. pirates. No, you can play as pirates. Oh. You get a pirate leader. Sid Meier's did make like a pirate a, game, a too. punk rocker hacker cult or whatever. Yeah. Every faction has their own unique identity, and... Like, you'll have the militaristic Spartans, or the UN peacekeepers, or the man who just wants to be left alone to read books. Yeah. Or the religious one. Or the one who likes the planet and tames the mind worms and then releases them on your city. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about those mind worms. Yeah, it sounds... Yeah, I I feel like this is something I would... Because they have their own combat mechanic, too. Yeah. They don't use standard attack. They use, like, psi attack. Hmm. So you have to build units to defend against that. Yeah. And to fight them in that. So it's... There's a lot of surprising depth to a game that's 20 years old? Yeah. I want to say. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 2001. I don't think it was... Two, I think it was before 2001 because it's all... It's all older than all sprites. Yeah. It's all sprites. It's all sprites. Wow. Yeah, it's all sprites. Yeah. All 2D sprites. Yeah, that's what I was envisioning in my head. Yeah, I think it came after Civ 2 but before Civ 3. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. If only Beyond Earth was actually good. <laughs> yeah, if, if Beyond Earth was actually good, I just recommend playing Beyond yeah. Earth. But Beyond Earth has has the formula, but all the factions are just bland. Yeah, you can't imagine my another. disappointment, right? Because like I played Civ Five. This was my first next Civilization game, right? Because mm. Beyond Earth came out between five and six. Yeah. Then I played Beyond Earth. I was just like, this is bad somehow. <laughs> like I I couldn't believe it. Honestly. Yeah, there's a certain thing that that left after Alpha Centauri where every every unique faction had like a personality they they played to. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't see that in Civ Five as much. Yeah, it it wasn't so much in Civ, uh, Civ Six. Civ Six didn't have that either. Where each faction would have this. Well, they'd have a personality. I mean, you have leaders, but like it's not. I guess yeah, it's not the, the leaders, same as a faction, really. Well, the leaders were the leaders of the faction. Okay. Alpha Centauri, yeah. but they all had a unique play style that they'd play as the AI. Like the player, you could play them as whatever you wanted, but the AI would always do certain things, and yeah. certain things would make the AI mad. Bots having personality is like super important. Yeah. Yeah. The bots had a personality that you yeah. could play against. Like some of them would be more keen to make diplomatic deals, other yeah. ones would be more keen to commit war crimes. Yeah, and other ones would be more keen to tell you to stop researching technology and robots are bad. Looking at Gandhi, the Gandhi, space Gandhi. Yeah. There was no space. Nukes, there, well, nukes Gandhi. There was no nukes Gandhi. There was there was a space. The UN peacekeepers led by like Chairman Lal or something. Mm-hmm. It's like an Indian guy, mm-hmm. but not all Indian guys are Gandhi. But <laughs> he's not Gandhi, but he's like the Gandhi XP. <sighs> he wants to make peace. So he's more diplomatic. And I'll do, I'll, I don't care how many men, women, and children. <laughs> yeah, he does not nuke, unfortunately. I don't think the AI likes to use planet busters. Yeah. But you can also customize your units in that game. Oh, that's, that's, cool. a, fun, that's a fun mechanic. Always oh, a yeah. blast. You talking about it has me... It's not the same game, but I'm itching to play Wargroove right now. I love that game. Very different, but yeah. Like extremely if you wanted different. To, if yeah. you wanted to stick a terraforming bot on a helicopter, the game will let you do it. Have your workers be helicopters. Want to, want to found a colony in the ocean? Take a colony pod on a ship. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Want to find a colony in the sky? Stick one on a plane. <laughs> really? I don't think you could do that. Okay. But <laughs> well, I, I, I think you could, but I might be I, wrong. It's been a while since I played it. Having never seen this game, I would have believed anything you said. You could you could do anything to anything. Yeah. Except put Planet Buster missiles. You had to use a cruise missile. 
Connor? Yeah, um, I'm trying to decide which one I want to do next. I think I'm actually going to do The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm now immediately regretting my words and my deeds. Yeah? Because <laughs you did or didn't I put didn't. it? I forgot about Zelda completely, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I had to put a Zelda yeah. and Wind Waker. I knew was, I was forgetting something important. I'm 99% sure. It was either Wind Waker or A Link to the Past on Game Boy Advance yeah. was my first, and I think it was Wind Waker. It was definitely the first one I beat. Wind Waker, I think, was actually the first... No, I probably beat Super Mario 64, but I had a completed save when I bought it. I'm so glad you brought that up, because I'm gonna kind of just going to piggyback off you now. Like, if I were to redo this list, Zelda, Wind, yeah. Wind Waker no. is particularly Wind Waker. would be on there, yeah. Yeah, Wind Waker, my, my love of, like, a beautiful, colorful world, my love of, like, that art style, the uh, cell shading in general, like... And it was, like, it was the first game I beat, and it was a hard game for a kid to beat, like... That I Triforce Z- hunts. Zelda games in general are, I, I would think, difficult for kids, but... I, I think this one in particular, because of the Triforce hunt, yeah. which, like, didn't... It didn't tickle the brain the way that, like, a dungeon does. Like, I would find a Triforce shard, and it did not feel significant. Like, because the Triforce did not hold any... That word held no significance to me as a kid. This was my first Zelda. Yeah. So, like... It was like, you need to find the Triforce shards, and it mentions that, like, one time, and then you start playing, and, like, the game gives you zero direction on where to go and everything, and you just have to explore the Great Sea, and it's gigantic, and you, like, rupees are important for the first time ever, and treasure charts are important for the first time ever. Yeah. And plus, it was just that, like, the Great Sea theme combined with, like, kind of, you know, wanting to be a pirate. Every little kid wants to be a pirate. Yeah. Plus the sense of exploration, you know, like... Like, you could find anything. Like, finding the cabana the first time... I love what is this? I loved just sailing the open sea, not really going towards anything, and discovering small islands, mysteries, and stuff like that. Obviously, like, games that come later do it better, but, like, at the time, like, it just... That sense of exploration was everything to me. I don't think any Zelda gave me the sense of exploration Wind Waker did until Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It was, uh... And, like, again, like, I think this was my first full Zelda game. Like, I had messed with Ocarina of Time before, I think. Yeah, I had. But, this was my uh, very first. This was the first one I, like, sat down and played. Like, I definitely... I, when I say messed with, I, like, I saw it at friends' houses and stuff. This might have been my first GameCube game, actually. I think really? I had this yeah. and, like, the GameCube demo disc. I had yeah. both. And, like, yeah, Gosh, I... Now I kind of want to give a shout-out to Super Smash Bros. Melee 2, which yeah. is not on my list. Wow. Yeah, I totally forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Wind Waker... <laughs> Yeah, I just played it, and I played it. I, I, I do remember, like, it's not a flawless game. Like, I was just talking about the Triforce Hunt, yeah. and I remember, like, one of, one of my favorite memories of Wind Waker was, like, just pointing my boat in the direction I needed to go and knowing it would take me forever to get there, so I would get up and go do something else. Really? Yeah, you know, I would never do that. And hope that I survived. Because, like, it's not, you know, it, atmospherically, it's a very good game, but, like, if you're sailing at night, there's not even music playing. Yeah. It's dead silent. It's just your boat on the... Which, like, to me as an adult, that's beautiful. Like, yeah. that works really well. To me, at, like, six or seven years old, I'm like, well, this sucks. Like, <laughs> I wanted to hear the good... That great sea theme is something yeah. else. Yeah. And I, I just remember... I I actually have a really, really stupid story about not being a very strong reader when I played this game. I misread Sail as Seal on Windfall Island, and I spent hours wandering this island looking for a seal and having no idea why like the animal seal and i was i looked everywhere and obviously did not find it and uh, i finally had my dad come in and help me and he was like 
This says sale. Sun. You can it buy says it. Sale. Right yeah. It says sale in bright red text. <laughs> like, they even highlighted it for you. <laughs> oh man. No, Zelda. Uh, Wind Waker is such a special game to me. Like I, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Probably my favorite Zelda. Even it's my over, most played. Even over Breath of the Wild, it's my most played Zelda for yeah. sure. It's the one I played and played and played over and over again. Second, they put that on Switch. I'm, I'm getting it. I would probably as well. I uh, actually don't own it right now. I, uh, I don't have it on GameCube anymore. I only have it on GameCube. Yeah. I never but, bought uh, it on Wii U. I don't actually. Yeah, I didn't either. The Swift Sale and the changes to the Triforce Hunt are good. The art style change actually made me not want it though. I hate. I hate. Did they change the art style, like shading? They, or they, yeah, they added like a ton of bloom. Like they were really overbearing That's with lighting lame. effects, and it looks really bad on really on the Wii U, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, the original GameCube looks way better if you upscale it. Or even if you don't, if you have yeah. a CRT, it looks way better on GameCube. And plus the GameCube controller. And yeah, and, and we've, we've sang Wayne Waker's praises, I think, before on the show, too. Yeah. But, like, just the, just the concept of conducting the winds with a baton is so, so yeah. neat. You know, like, it's, you know, Zelda always comes up with these inter- interesting, like, musical gameplay based things yeah. and I, I i love it for it and this, this was like the first open world quote unquote i mean you couldn't go everywhere yeah. you needed items but this was the first open game i'd ever played where like it was really just like you and your boat and you go do stuff like you know you need to look around and find where to go next yeah by the time i beat ganon at the end of this game i felt like i had gone on a massive journey yeah like it, it, it a multi-year I, I had the game guide that's how i got through the triforce hunt. oh really i <laughs> yeah, think I, I just no i did it all myself and it just felt like a massive accomplishment at the time and like felt like such an incredible journey and i remember like after beating it, you you get like Link's pajamas, his like blue yeah, costume or whatever, yeah. and I just played through the whole game again. Like well, there there like was that new yeah. stuff if you played through it that way. Yeah, you could read the Hylian text now. Yeah, I never did that, but it's a very special game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I uh, I've re yeah I re I used to replay that game like once a year. I didn't finish it typically, but I would get at least as far as the Tower of the Gods. Yeah, which is like halfway. Yeah, I remember. Me. I, I remember, I, I obviously, I've replayed it a lot, you know, a lot of times completely through, but a lot of times, you know, not completely through. And I'd always at least get past the first dungeon. Like, I always remember, like, that first fight, like, with Goma, and you have the grappling. Dude, the music on that hook, island. And is... it was just, oh, yeah. I, I, went to go s- island? yeah. I went to go see the Zelda Symphony in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Dude, I was at that concert. Really? Yeah. The first time they ever played yeah. it. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, wow, that's, that's really funny. We yeah. Were, yeah, we were in high I school. I remember I I had a biology exam the next day, and I said, "Screw it, yeah. I'll just tank the exam." That's so. Yeah, I that's just so, I just wanted to see it. That, so this was bad. the first time my yeah. little brother had ever skipped school to go do something. Was because we you know we got home. Pretty, I still went to school the next day because I was yeah. just like whatever. I. But, performed poorly on my biology yeah. test. Yeah, my my I remember my my little siblings on the way home were like, what, what? They were like coming up with this lie that they were gonna tell all their teachers for like why. And I was just like, they're not gonna ask, guys. Just you just don't go. Like yeah. nobody's gonna ask why you weren't there. Yeah. It was funny. So yeah, but that that moment, like the when they announced that they were playing it for the first time, I was like, chills. Yeah. Like, it's a beautiful game. It's I love it. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's in the atmosphere. Like, the atmosphere of the Deku Tree. Mm. Yeah. They nailed it. They it's, nailed it so hard. And, like, I, I'm convinced that it's still the best Zelda game. Like, obviously, Breath of the Wild. 
It's know. the best classic style Zelda Bl- best, game. Yeah. yeah, best classic Zelda Because Breath of the yeah. Wild is so different. It's very... It's like... it's almost, Yeah, it's an entirely different game almost. Yeah. Yeah. It, Breath Unless of the they, Wild has as much in common with Zelda 2 as like it does. Maybe if they add like dungeons to Breath of the Wild 2, then it could be like... Yeah, probably the, the best Zelda like that was or ever will be or whatever. But yeah, to this day for me at least, it's it's still Wind Waker. Yeah, I think that's all I got to say about Wind Waker. I'll pass it over okay. to you. So my next game is Paper Mario, the so, first one. Yeah, the first one. Wow. Yeah. So obviously, the Thousand Year Door is the one that's beloved and is by all metrics, I think, the better game. Yeah. But Paper Mario is special to me because like I think this is what introduced me more so than Pokemon, right? Like you played this on N sixty four, is it? Yeah, N sixty four. Yeah. So this is what introduced me to turn-based RPGs, right? Like Pokemon wow. is a turn-based RPG, right? But like you played this first? No, no, no. Sorry. Uh, okay. But let me let, let me clarify. Like I always Pokemon was always like its Pokemon own is, thing. Pokemon lives in its own category. It, yeah. I didn't really associate it with other turn-based RPGs because it's not but, about the fighting. It's about yeah. the collecting. But with Paper Mario, like then this this game sort of opened up that genre to me. And then I played all sorts of turn-based RPGs on like Game Boy and stuff like that, then obviously like on more advanced systems later, but like yeah, Paper Mario is another one of those cases where, like, it was just, like, the charm was dialed up to 11. It like, is. it was just... And the writing was so sharp. Like, it was funny and sharp. Like, even by, like, today's standards, you know, like, it wasn't, like, a... It, it wasn't childish, right? Like, is that the one with Goombario? Yeah, yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, Goombario is the first one you get. Yeah. yeah. Is Coops in that as well, or is he in... Coops is in Thousand Year. Okay. Yeah. I love but, Goombario. <laughs> Yeah, just that journey of, like, I remember, like, going through, collecting all the stars, gaining all their powers, and just, like, Mario as an RPG was such a novel concept, I feel like. And, like, obviously they've done other Mario RPG games. Yeah, this wasn't even the first. Yeah, but, like, to me, like, you know, like, integrating, like, and again, like, it wasn't just strictly turn-based, too, because, like, your controls had some actions, like how you like pulled back the hammer, yeah, which like is super important to the, the double jumps. Turn based, yeah. yeah. So like it wasn't just like Pokemon where you like select attack, does attack, right? Like yeah. it was more active than that, and I definitely want to applaud it for that. But like, yeah, I th- I just think it was ultra charming, honestly, and like it introduced me into turn based RPGs in a way that Pokemon did not, mm-hmm. um, and I think that alone is enough to own it as a get it a spot on this list yeah. um and you know it's funny like a few couple years ago i did replay it like i emulated it just mm-hmm. because like i really wanted to play it again first time in like you know since n64 that i had played this game and it still held up it oh, was an no. incredible game it looks really good t- yeah. today too yeah i watched uh, i watched a playthrough of it not super long ago and it's it's a good game i'm not a big turn-based rpg it takes a pretty good game for me to get yeah. into that but yeah and like obviously like we had Paper Mario, and then the Thousand Year Door, and then it was kind of downhill from there. But I like, like Super Paper Mario. <laughs> it wasn't. On, it wasn't the had, same to me. Uh, it's not the same at all. Yeah. Had had that chameleon dude. Yeah, the the, the otaku uh, can, or the weeaboo chameleon. Yeah. The nerd. Yeah. The nerd. Yeah. Nerd. And it's actually funny. Like a fan you know, site was actually named after like. That's awesome. The the website he used to post pictures of butterflies or whatever. That's really funny. Like, the weird fetish website that that, that chameleon used. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's it's funny because, like, if I try and remember a lot of the details right now for Paper Mario, I really can't. I just, yeah. like, this... Because, like, when I replayed it, I played, like, half of it, but I didn't finish well, it. Well, it also, like, the writing style of Paper Mario is such that it, like, hits you constantly with, yeah. like, stuff, and it's like, you're not going to remember It's really it. sharp. Like, the writing, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, it's punchy. Yeah. Yeah, punchy's good. Yeah, yeah. it's... And it's, it's one of those games where, like, 
it had such a strong impression on me, even though I can't remember a lot of the details, I know in my heart that this is a very special game that yeah. really influenced my taste. So I, I felt compelled to put it on my list. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if I have much more to say beyond that. So I haven't, I haven't played it, so... Yeah. Yeah, my next game up is uh, Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah no surprise. Yeah. No surprise. That's the one game that the I original? played through. The original Mass yeah. Effect. I think there's a period of my life, and I think I've told this before, where every every weekend or every week I'd start a new playthrough of Mass Effect. Then you'd finish wow. it. Then I'd finish it oh like three God. days later. Wow. I think my peak was like two days. That's a two days cycle to finish Mass Effect. Which which was the one you speed run? Three. 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 Yeah. Okay. Three Story mode. Three's the one yeah. I spent around. Now two, I would do two days just. In and out continuously. Those are not short games. It's a phenomenal game. It's I mean, a really good game. It's I still like think summer. S- when I was in high school or whatever. Yeah, no, middle school. I don't yeah. know. I think story-wise, it might still be the best Mass Effect, the first one. If I think about it, right? Because like two is really good, but it all builds to the suicide mission at the end, and like. <laughs> What? Spoiler. You're never going to play Mass Effect. I might have. Now I'm not. It's an old game. They just released the remastered trilogy. No, I think I have audio of you on this very show saying I'm never going to play Mass Effect. So I don't think I'm pretty sure you said that. I've thought about playing it before. I've I've heard you say those words before. But uh, I mean, it's just the title. It doesn't mean like you. Everyone dies at the end. Like, but like. Everyone but yeah, can like, die at the everyone end. could die at the end, yeah, if you mess it up. But like, no one could die in one. But yeah, Ma- Mass die. Effect. You know, like I was talking about Dragon Age and like how it had <laughs> potentially. <laughs> I was talking about Dragon Age and how uh, you know, like it had those choices that carry over, and like I was kind of disappointed. A lot of choices from Dragon Age One didn't carry over to Dragon Age Two. Mass Effect didn't have that problem. Didn't have that problem. Didn't at have all. that problem. Everything she made carried over to, to some way. To this shape, or day, form. in terms of cross game yeah. carryover, no game does it better than Mass Effect. I would argue. Pokemon Pokemon did it Pokemon's pretty, pretty well. good. Pokemon. Pokemon's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, but it doesn't carry. What are you over, talking like, about? Decisions. You oh, you mean like Pokemon? Yeah, you can carry. Like, no, but like actual story yeah. Yeah. decisions. Story yeah. impact the world and the story. It's in like the next if you game. if you kick Giovanni out of a gym in Viridian City or whatever. That carries over into into silver. But you, yeah, kicking but Giovanni out of the gym was the only thing you could do, though. Because yeah, you could fit Giovanni, and then like four games later in Pokemon Emerald, well, Giovanni yeah. comes back. It's like, yeah. this kid kicked me out of a gym four games ago. Now I'm gonna murder him. Yeah, I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, but the beginning of all that was Mass Effect. So yeah, Mass yeah. Effect did a really good job in the cross save system, and it's, it's a trailer that I hold dear. Yeah, it's a which that I hold dear. Which is why Andromeda hurt so badly. Yeah, Andromeda yeah. burned me. It hurt me. Did they announce a new Mass Effect? Yeah, it's in development. Yeah, in development four. right now. Yeah, maybe. Good luck. Probably. Yeah, I've been burnt once before, but you know what? I keep coming back. But it's it's funny to me, like, cause like regardless of what they do to it now, like I still like I got the Mass Effect Remaster trilogy. Yeah, the Remaster trilogy. Still, is all it, I it holds up just as well, if not. I feel like yeah, Mass it's Effect better. So Mass Effect better is now. better now than it was yeah. back like, then. It's a better game, yeah. fundamentally, because they added all this crap to it. Like, the Mako has a boost. Yeah, oh it's, not te- yeah. it's not as tedious anymore. Yeah, I like, remember, like, reading in Game Informer about Mass Effect and, like, they t- them talking about, like, the decisions you can make and stuff. Yeah. And my kid brain was like... Yeah, it's... Like, I just didn't... I didn't understand at all. It was like, a revolutionary game. Yeah. 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 It really did... Wonders for the narrative systems of games that came forward. Yeah, uh, I would say the only reason I didn't play it is that I didn't have an Xbox. Like, yeah, it was Xbox only for a while. Yeah, I forgot. I about also that. didn't have a PlayStation. <laughs> I was a Wii kid. Yeah, so it was not on the Wii. Hey, Mass Effect Three was on the Wii. Really? Like Wii U. 
Oh, maybe Wii U. Wii U. Yeah, yeah. I, think it was I was gonna Wii U. say because the Wii. No, yeah. I guarantee you, EA thought about it. But like, like how can I don't we know, market like, this thing to these Wii kids? Just like I'm, I'm someone who loves space and like yeah. space stories. So like Mass Effect to me was just like when it came out. I like planes. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, like, you like, <laughs> but, like when it came out, I, I was like, this is the perfect video game. Like this video game was for me, yeah. was made for me. Like, and, and I, all I, I'm saying is, <laughs> if space and planes combine together, you get Mass Effect. That is true. I think. Ooh, space planes. I don't think of flying a lot when I think of Mass Effect. Though. Are there actually like a lot of ship missions and stuff? No, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. You're, you're it's, still it's, in the it's more of like a Star, Star Trek experience. type thing where you can yeah. you go around your ship, talk to people, and that like, makes sense. Chat them yeah, up, like tell them to go away. Tell him we'll bang. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll bang. Yes, please. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just think back to the story, like, potential of Mass Effect. Like, the whole thing with the Reapers and... You didn't even know who the Reapers were and until the well into the first game. Yeah, and the Protheans. But just, like, that mystery there and this menace of, like, this universe-ending machine threat. And it was just, like, you felt that in the first Mass Effect game. You know, you could, you could argue, like whether they successfully executed on that story vision in the subsequent games, but the potential in Mass Effect, like, mm-hmm. if you just play that game, you're like, oh my god, this story's gonna be incredible. Like, oh yeah, and Mass Effect 2 rolls through, it's like, oh my god, there's more? Yeah. yeah. This is what the Protheans are? Oh no. And then 3 is kind of like, oh, well. Oh, they're here. Yeah. Neat. 3, three gets remembered for the, the original ending, I think, a little yeah. too much. Maybe more so than is fair. I don't, yeah, I don't think it... Like, a lot of people say it ruins Mass Effect for, the, for them. I it don't agree didn't. with that at all. Like I will say it's the reason I never played them as a kid. As someone who's played through Mass Effect 3 more times than is healthy... Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad. I mean, Mass Effect 3 is the best gameplay out of the, uh, the, of the series. The easily. meme about the ending is the I didn't. I've Do never you think played. I enjoyed the gameplay while speedrunning it? I didn't get the no, play the game. I'm just saying, game. like, it's, yeah. it's more of a pleasure to actually play... Yeah. Than one and two. It was a pleasure to run through. Yeah. And then just not fight any enemies unless the door required me to. Yeah, but I, I didn't want to hijack your thing, but like I just wanted to say my piece about Mass Effect because like it's it's just yeah, it's special to me too. I've got nothing else. Alright. Okay. Yeah. Uh Persona five is my next one. Uh, Persona five makes my list. It's probably You haven't even beaten it and it makes your I list. Not, no. Well, yeah, because weirdly, it got me to play a bunch of other games that I would not have yeah, played had I not Shin played. Yeah, Tensei, no, play Dra- it No, all those games look terrible to me, actually. Putting this on the record, putting this on the record, if I were to redo this list right now, Persona 4 Golden would be on it. And yeah. I totally forgot. Wild that it's yeah, not. I forgot, I forgot. It. You know, it's hard. You know, 10 games, yeah. man, it's too tough. Persona 5, for me, though... I thought I hated JRPGs and turn-based combat, but I like yeah. I liked the style of Persona enough to give it a chance anyway. I liked watching my friend play it a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, like I liked it enough, and it got me to give Dragon Quest a chance. It got me to give Final Fantasy a chance. Yeah. And like I ended up really liking those games as well. And I was like, oh, maybe I've just played bad JRPGs, which is true because it was Pokemon. <laughs> but <laughs> it's neither here nor there. Bad turn-based combat, at least, because like Final Fantasy 15 was not turn-based at all. But um. Yeah, my only exposure to turn-based combat was Pokemon, which is not good turn-based combat but a lot of the even time. Even as a JRPG, Persona 5 is something special, It's right? immaculate, yeah. No, no other... I, yeah, like, even the Persona series in general does this unique thing of blending JRPG with, like... Yeah, with, like, uh, Animal Crossing like sim style. Elements, yeah, you know, like... like a, a life sim, yeah, where I, like, get to make these friends and stuff, and I really, really liked that. So good, yeah. Like, that's why I, I'm not going to play Shin Megami Tensei, because, like, combat alone... 
persona does not sound fun to me. Like, you need those social elements for me. And the, especially the way, like, the two halves of persona feed into each other and yeah. just make the other better. It's, it's, it's and, a brilliant... And the, the way the writing handles all of that, it's, yeah. it's extremely good. But then it also, like, you know, I liked Persona, so I was like, you know what, Dragon Quest XI's on Game Pass. I'll give that a shot, you know? I like Toriyama and his yeah. art style, so maybe I'll like it. And I ended up, like... Talking about the Dragon Quest XI story is really hard because it's not interesting if that makes yeah. sense it's like very good saturday morning cartoon like you know you know what's gonna happen you know what you're gonna get but it's still a record it's still good anyway yeah it's a very fun game and so but yeah i would have never played that i would have never played final fantasy 15 which i really like the story of and everything but persona was what like opened my heart to the jrpg and then stole it yeah, stole, stole, your heart. stole my yeah. heart for the... Yeah. No, Persona 5... Persona jokes. I think there's a very real argument it's to be joke. made that Persona 5 is the best JRPG ever made. Very real, yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's an incredible, incredible game. Yeah, it definitely has the best combat of any JRPG I've ever yeah. played. Because, like, I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, just, like, the stylishness of it. Like, even the basic... Like, you go to the, the doctor and open up the menu to buy some medicine. And, and you're it's bombarded amazing. by these yeah. flamboyant animations. I'm like... My uh, God! Yeah, yeah smooth jazz. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's. I call it the jazz you can tell that. Menus. Yeah, I love when it, people joke that Persona Five invented jazz. It's one of those games <laughs> where you know a lot of you can feel it. the love and care that went into every aspect every of that single, game, yeah. like the soundtrack, the menus, like, like every single thing. There's no other game that long because like, Persona Five is a very long game, hundred plus that hour I game. Yeah, have not finished, but I. You know, a lot of people did replay that entire game for Persona 5 Royal. Yeah, that's wild. And I want to, but I don't know if I have it in me. Yeah. I'd still tell myself one of these days I'm going to sit through Persona 5 Royal, like all of it. Yeah. Because um, there's and, a lot of moments and that I, I have would love done. To just... I've played Persona 4 Golden, which is like an 80 hour game, like mm-hmm. multiple times. Yeah. Like, so, like, Persona just does something, man. Does yeah. something right. Yeah. So, it, but I think that one, that's like the only game I can think of that, like, made me start playing a genre I thought I hated. Like, yeah. So, that was really impressive. Yeah. It's a good, good video game. Yeah. I, I totally agree. It's an excellent game. All right. We're down to two left, at least on my list. So Yeah, yeah two left for um, me as well. Here we go. We've um, had some shared ones. Ah, so. uh, okay. Yeah. So, I get, I get, I get, I get exclusive. Yeah, you deals. get the... Yeah. yeah. So, I want to talk about Journey. Wow. Um, yeah. So, Journey is... For people who don't know, right, it was a an indie game on PlayStation 3. I don't know if it came to any other systems. It did not at the time. But it um, later came to it, PC, it, I think. It was a game where, like, it was a very short game. Like, you could beat it in under two hours. Actually, it's very hard to not beat it in two hours, right? Like, like the average play time is, like, an hour, 20 minutes, hour and a half. Yeah. But it is, uh, you go on a journey <laughs> through this game, right? Like, you start as this, like, scarfed figure in the desert. Like, you're this red... Uh, cloth figure in the desert and the game starts by showing you this faraway mountain this summit and the whole game is just you climbing or getting to that mountain and climbing it yeah. to the top and not getting over it yeah not getting over it no, no. There's no I, I feel like this game for you is like what gone home was for me i like think it so open your like, eyes to the pretentious indie game no, yeah you took the words out of my yeah. mouth is getting over it by benefati a pretentious indie game it definitely it, it is, is yeah absolutely yeah. that explains in a different like way yeah. but yeah i hated how pretentious I mean, someone, it was someone waxes poetically to you the entire yeah. time like they like just yeah it's just muse philosophically I'm like it's just this like, is not fun this is just masochism masochism but anyway with journey though like it 
it opened my eyes to indie games straight up. Like yeah. I had not played indie games before Journey, right? Like, and I was just like, okay, smaller games can be made like this and have this much impact. I was in tears by the time really? Journey ended. Like it, and I, I've talked to different people. Like a lot, of, some people it does nothing for them. I liked it. Some people it really strikes an emotional core somehow with them. I shamefully did not play this until it was free on PS4. Oh yeah, yeah. But like I, I played it, and so the interesting thing about Journey is it had this kind of like, uh, eight, uh this multiplayer aspect to it too. Yeah. Where like one up to. One other person you could encounter yeah. on their way up. Like, only one, though. Like, you can't form groups of, like, three or more, right? Like, so you can encounter one other person. And there's no way of communicating with this person other through than through, like, little, like, chirps, chirps or whatever. Yeah. You sing out But them. it's yeah. amazing how expressive you can be with yeah. just those little chirps, you know? Yeah. with no, There's no language barriers or anything like that. You, you don't know if the person on the other side, you know, speaks an entirely different language from you. Yeah. But you could communicate intent. Through these little chirps that mm-hmm. the game lets you do. And it's weird because you really, because you can't actually talk to the person and they're on this like same journey as you, you form a connection with this person. Yeah, you know, for like, sure. And I remember I met like someone like going up the mountain and we like basically did the entire journey together, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and obviously, you know, like it's very, I'm going to spoil the journey. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not a super yeah. spoilable game, I don't think. It, it's There's not. No- but at the same time, I wouldn't want to if someone was interested, but yeah, there, there you go. Here's your warning. But like towards the end of the journey, you're climbing up the mountain, you're freezing to death and you basically freeze, right? Yeah. And then you freeze and it looks like you die. And then the last section of the game is basically you soaring above the clouds into the mountain summit. And it's very le- ambiguous. Like mm-hmm. you don't know if you died on the mountain yeah. and like went to heaven or whatever, or if, you know, like, you were actually helped out by some spirit mm-hmm. on your journey up. And you can think of it either way. I, I kind of lean towards the former. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what it is. But I, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. But, like, that very final flight, like, when you're flying... Because, like, the entire game, you could only, like, move slowly through the sand or snow or jump. Mm-hmm. Right? Like... And you finally are liberated at the end. You know, like you're struggling up this mountain, you're liberated, and then you're flying up yeah. uh, to your final destination, wherever that might be. You know, like you don't know what, what lies beyond. But like you're flying and then that soundtrack kicks in. Yeah. That is one of the most haunting, beautiful soundtracks I've heard in a video game, period. Like you, that soundtrack that kicks in as you're flying up to the mountain and that as you reach the light on the top of the mountain and the game ends... That's one of the most profound moments I've ever had in a video game. Yeah. Like, period. Like, I, I'm I'm actually a little cold yeah. just talking about it right now because I'm remembering how that made me feel. But like, just for that feeling alone, I was just like, I can never discount a video game based off length. I can never discount yeah. a video game based off like whether it's triple A, double A, single A, whatever indie. Indeed, yeah. It's just like games of any way, shape, like shape, size, form, length have the power to impact me like this. And that really hammered home that lesson, and that's why Journey is on this list. Yeah, Journey is also just a masterclass in, like, giving emotion through mechanics. Because, like, yeah. you're you're going up the mountain, but there's a very important part towards the beginning of the game where you start sliding down a slope. Yeah, the sand. Yeah. 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 And, like... It was exhilarating. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it just... Yeah, I can't. It's, a, I, it's very difficult to explain. It's but. it's one of my most special games. Like I, it took me a very very long time before I replayed Journey because yeah. like I just held on to that experience for so long. But like, it it is even to this day. There's nothing 
quite like Journey, I think. Yeah. And it's you owe it to yourself if you like video games. It's not even two hours long. Yeah. And it's it has the potential to change how you see video games. Like that's what it did for me. So. Yeah. I yeah I agree. Yeah. All right, Mike. So my next game is actually the original Star Wars Battlefront. That, that Battlefront Two was very close to getting on my list yeah, I, as my I first shooter. Battlefront. The the two are kind of also um, mashed together in my brain because mm-hmm. there was a lot of times where I just go to a friend's to play it. Yeah, there's a very good chance I didn't know which one I was playing. Yeah, there was a very good. Well, yeah. we knew. We we played Battlefront up until Battlefront Two release, and then we just played Battlefront Two. I there was a lot of fond memories of playing, messing around in the cantina. Conquest in Battlefront Two. Conquest of Battlefront 2, the right. hero, hero fight or whatever. Yeah, the hero fight. The spa- I love the space battles in Conquest, though. Oh, yeah. Space battles were good. The game was just... Being it able, was like a peak. Being able to... Like, no game I, that I can think of hits quite like being able to land in the enemy ship in a space battle, get out of the ship, and go start destroying their ship from the inside. Yeah. I can't think of any other game yeah. that has something that cool that you can do. Like, like that, It was super high skill floor to be able to do it because you had to survive on the enemy ship, but yeah. like the few times me and my friend managed to do it, even against the AI, like, mm. Yeah, I was... It, it, I'm like half asleep, so I'm struggling to think right now. Oh, you're good. But it's one of those games that just it hits you right. I still go back and play it sometimes. It's it's and it really is like both the original and two really show like EA had it right back in the day, or was it even? It EA? wasn't EA. It, yeah, was it was LucasArts. Uh, LucasArts and Pandemic, yeah. I believe. They had it right. Like the the newer games, while fun, don't capture that same. Yeah, energy. No, they, they don't have that same no. chaotic energy. They're more structured. Well, they're more to be fair, I never really gave Battlefront two a shot. Battlefront 2 was... or You mean the new one? The new one. Yeah, it was... Streamlined. It was all right. Yeah. It was like... I don't know. It wasn't special like the originals, like yeah. it, for, in my opinion. That's and fair. this is coming from someone who never even owned them. Like, I just played them at friends' houses. Yeah, me and too. And I realized, like... This I, is, I own them now. This but, is an incredible game. Yeah, they yeah. Were, they're special. They're... Okay, one complaint, though. Uh, this is super common in gaming, but they took the split screen out of the PC port. And come on, guys! Like people have controllers. Let me let me play my split screen yeah. Battlefront you on my PC. Tiny little monitor. You get yeah, my my tiny little monitor you see right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got the tiny little my monitor, my tiny little fifty two inch monitor that I play that, that I play my PC games on. <sighs> well, some most people don't have fifty two inch. Actually, monitors. no, it's a sixty five inch. My monitor is thirty, not even thirty. It's, it's actually a TV. Like sixteen yeah. inches. For for those at home, I was pointing at my television that my yep. PC is hooked up to. <laughs> Yeah, I had a television once. <laughs> took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> All right. All right, that's enough about Battlefront. Okay. Right. Um, I think my next one's going to be Spelunky. And when I say Spelunky, it is important for me to point out that this is Spelunky Classic, not Spelunky HD on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Although Spelunky HD is super important to gaming culturally because it's like one of the very first indie darlings on like Xbox Live Arcade. It, it in like Braid. I think it was in the Braid engine. Like, it was, it was wild. But, um... Yeah, I downloaded Splunky Classic. I just saw it on like Yo-Yo Games because I was into Game Maker as a kid, and I didn't know that it was going to be this big thing. I didn't know that there was a community around it or anything. But I just downloaded Splunky Classic, and I was like, I played a lot of games that I saw on on the Game Maker forums and stuff. And this game was colossal compared to those. Like, I'd never, I'd never pulled down like a free game with no monetization at all, like a free game that I could not see all of because you had to keep playing it and get better and like I don't think I ever made it past like the underground jungle which is the second area playing it as a kid but I remember me and my buddy Antonio we played Spelunky a ton and this is this is my first roguelike 
Yeah. You know, this got me into what is probably my favorite genre of game. And just incredible game. Like, so many possibilities and all. And, like, you know, permadeath that, like, you know, you, you could save your high scores and compare them with your friends, which was something that was not really a thing to me. Like, you know, that was a super big thing in the 80s and maybe early 90s, but I missed all of that. So Spelunky was, like, the first game I was interested in comparing a high score with my friends, which was kind of interesting. And... I was, re- I was pretty good at it compared to my friends, which felt very good because I had a lot of platformer experience. And yeah, I, God, I played a lot of Spelunky. And it was like a game small enough. I had it on a flash drive. I would take it to school and play it on the school computers and stuff, which I probably would have gotten in a lot of trouble oh, for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I did it. I played it. Uh, I, I was working for my dad. I played it in his office on the laptop he gave me. And, like I was playing this working. game all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I worked some, but I, yeah. you know, I was, no, I, I, I was in middle school. Right, you know? yeah. But yeah, oh my god, I played a lot of Spelunky. And yeah, like now, you know, Noita like definitely can trace some things back to Spelunky. A lot of things back I to mean, Spelunky. Any roguelike, really. Any roguelite, yeah. Because like obviously roguelikes trace back to Rogue. Yeah. But yeah, this this introduced me to like, you know, Spelunky was the gateway to like Dwarf gateway Fortress, to... you know. like My gateway to Dwarf Fortress, Fortress was uh, high school. Some man <laughs> discussed his trap hallway. I'm like... What game is this? Yeah, that. How, yeah. Where, what game allows me to create? It's like The a Sims, but you torture them. Torture. Yeah. yeah, I. But yeah, Spelunky just. It was just so replayable. Like, you know, I never really got bored of that opening my area. Last game on this list. <laughs> Spelunky. But yeah, I. I don't think I have a whole lot more to say about it. Just like it really opened my eyes to the roguelike and like. Yeah. Splunky Classic, you know, Splunky Classic, I could recommend to anybody because it's free. You know, you can just look up Splunky Classic and play it and have a very good time. Yeah. Maybe it'll change your change your tastes. I mean, I already <laughs> yeah, really played enjoy it, them, yeah. but I haven't really played Splunky, so. Really? Definitely one on the list. I highly recommend Splunky 2 is incredible, but I would play Splunky 1 first yeah. because Splunky 2 is actually harder, in my opinion, and a little wackier, maybe, yeah. in ways that you won't appreciate without the first one. Yeah. But I'll, so, I'll pass the ball back to you. So I just, I guess, checking in, I have one game left. I have one game left. I have two. Okay, so it'll go me, Mike, Connor, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So my final game is Halo 3. I, I had to put Halo 3 on this list. It is, I think, the first online multiplayer game I had ever played. Wow. So I, I wasn't really an online multiplayer guy. You know, yeah. like, 8th grade was the first time I played an online multiplayer game. Uh, or first time I owned one, rather. <clears throat> And I just remembered, like, at the time, like, Xbox 360 was on top of the world, and uh, everyone, like, I had not played Halo 1 and 2, yeah. but, like, everyone was ready for finish the fight, you know, yeah. like, everyone, like, Halo 3 oh, I've had, seen the trailers. had Halo taken 3. over Woo! the entire world, yeah. and I still remember, like, like, I remember playing Halo 1 and 2 at like friends' houses, Master Chief with the Mountain Dew. and I always thought it was cool, <laughs> but, like, I put in Halo 3, and hear that music and the just that menu music and i was just like oh my god this is something this is gonna be something special you open up that game you hear that music you open up your can of master chief mountain dew there's there's a finite number of those left too yeah like the the what is it like blood orange i don't know Mountain Dew. i remember my friends getting halo 3 like this was halo 3 coming out was an event in my life people despite me not People are opening up cans of Master Chief Mountain and, Dew. And I would argue to ago. this day, you know, even with Halo Infinite coming out, Halo has not seen an event like that. 
Oh, it can't. No. Yeah, like, I mean, Halo yeah. Infinite, I think, is going to be a better. Is going to go down as a better game than Halo Three. No. Absolutely, it plays so much, so much better. Like it is infinitely better. You gotta but, think of that time factor. Yeah, I feel like the story and everything would probably put. Halo yeah, 3 maybe it. we yeah. haven't played the story. Well, yet, yeah, but, but like Halo Three was the culmination of like so much stuff. But like I don't. Again, like this is coming from someone who doesn't really care about the story yeah. in Halo. So I care. Um, I care. Well, a lot of people do care. Yeah. Um, I read the books. But, but yeah, Halo, <laughs> <laughs> I read all of the, a lot of the books. But it wasn't like it was right, Brian it, David Gilbert. <laughs> obviously, like the multiplayer is the big reason Halo Three is on this list what do you for think me. I do yeah. when I get drunk, I just yell about Halo War. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like I remember playing the campaign. You know, like playing with playing it with my friends and like stuff like that too. And I remember like really sort of challenging myself once I really got. I felt like pretty competent at Halo. I played through the entire campaign like solo on Legendary. Yeah, and, I, and that was definitely an experience. Halo Three actually, funny enough, had like a huge impact on my life because I was not allowed to play it, and I would go over to my friends' houses, and it's all they would want to do. Yeah, and so I would be the one sitting in the corner, not allowed to play, while they played Halo yeah. Three. And so I, I hated these games for a long time. I yeah. was like furious with them for like it's ruining my life. Too. Yeah. yeah. No, but obviously the big draw for me was multiplayer. Like, I remember those days. Like, I'd come home after school, get on Halo 3, all my friends would be there. Yeah. We'd play online, we'd play these custom games, we'd find these crazy custom maps and play yeah. them, and, like, these modes, too, like, crazy, like, zombie modes and stuff like that, and it was just an absolute blast. And I would still say, you know, like, I've said it before, probably the most fun I've had playing a video game is Halo 3 multiplayer with my friends. Like, it was just... You see, having played Halo Infinite, I can absolutely believe that. It was because, like, such a blast. Like It is really fun it to was, play, like, a Halo game that feels new. Yeah, you know? like, and, yeah. So, and Halo and 4 Halo, and 5 yeah. definitely didn't capture that feeling. Yeah, I, I didn't play 5. I played 4. I actually... Halo 4 is the only... Halo 1 and Halo 4 are the only campaigns I've finished. And yeah. I, I really like the Halo 4 campaign. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Halo 3, like, and plus, like, Forge was such a, like, a creative yeah, tool, and, like, you could do so many neat things with it, and that led to so many really c- kind of innovative maps and game modes that the community Did you would make share. stuff in Forge? I, I dabbled I with Forge. Say, like, did lot. it get you like, into game development? Like, no, no, I didn't. No, but, like, no, but, no. but, but obviously... Forge? No. I mean, it's not like you. you don't, it's not like game. Lo- you, you're just like placing assets, right? Yeah, it's, it's not, not like, like logic. I'm pretty sure there was some you could do game logic wise. No, I don't like, think so. Halo like three. Sets. Okay, was that? Yeah, three was super limited. Reach was a little less limited. Four was a little less than that. <clears throat> and then five was where they really opened it up for custom modes. Allegedly, the uh, infinite one's going to be nutty, but it's not still not until yet. like yeah. May. So yeah, the three four you could you know create infinite explosions, and those were always fun. That to is fight. always fun. Yeah, but it's for boss fights. It's funny to say there's a group of friends that I have that still whenever we get together we boot up Halo 3 I believe like, it we yeah. still boot up Halo 3 uh, and that game has not gotten old for us <laughs> it's it's still just as fun today that it, that, it, that it was that's funny you know like a decade plus ago so Halo 3 is an extremely special game to me mm-hmm. that is my top 10 Alright, my next game is uh, Did You Know Master Chief is uh, Child Soldier oh uh, no it's Metal Gear Solid 4 <laughs> Yeah, that I, was, I wanna. Yeah. I'm applauding right now. Yeah, I'm glad someone had the the stones to put this. Oh, on. It was my introduction to hour long cutscenes and the my favorite button in all of video it, games skip cutscenes. It was my introduction. You skip to that the cutscenes. Yeah, my first playthrough, I skipped the oh, cutscenes because no, I didn't have so, time to sit there yeah. for four hours. Saying, like, it was my introduction to those things too, but you and I had vastly different reactions to them. I loved. <laughs> 
the gameplay was so so nice. The first playthrough, I was like, what is this game? And the second playthrough, I'm like, I have a railgun now. What is this game? Yeah. Third playthrough, I'm getting it. And then I read the lore. Yeah. And it was all over from there. I, I spent it. literal hours browsing the wiki. I remember was there was a companion cocaine. app on the PlayStation 3. A companion app to Metal Gear Solid 4. It was actually just like a series of flowcharts, like explaining like different relationships and stuff in Metal Gear. I, I it was I I've never a, seen anything like I got a PhD <laughs> to learn to figure out how to play you, Metal you Gear Solid. You go to school board. to understand, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's a college degree right there. Metal Gear, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Even with a, even with the cutscenes, you still don't. I just know thought like he launched an entire like standalone app on PlayStation. Did you get that app? I forget what it was called. It was no. like Metal Gear Codex. Or something. No, I, I forget what it's called, it. but like, like you click on it, and there was just like various like flowcharts and stuff you could explore. Like, and who's <laughs> this woman? Why is she so important? Four had the first All Metal Gear online she has too. Right? The booba. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's that's the summary yeah, of it. I, yeah, there was an online mode. Uh, no, Metal Gear Online. Online mode? Right? Yeah, there was an online yeah. mode. It, yeah. I played it like once or twice. Yeah, me like, too. This yeah. is <clears throat> enjoyable. I'm gonna go back to shooting things with the railgun. Yeah. See I I have this thing with stealth games where if I do not play them perfectly, I feel like I'm a failure and I can't finish them. I'm like See, I think I, I would enjoy Metal Gear Solid a lot more if See, I would. I don't play Metal Gear Solid. So stuff Metal Gear at all. like Solid One and Two, I guess you could argue are stealth games, but Metal Gear Solid Four has a an immortal cyborg battling an immortal vampire while yeah. also yeah. cutting giant robots in half with his sword. But so. in between, you have to be sneaky. Yeah, in be- between that, you have to be sneaky. Yeah, be sneaky. There's only one part where you have to really be sneaky. And was that it the was opening? Part. No. Oh. No, there's this level in like London, right, where you're like in the trench cone. Yeah, it's before you're in the you trench cone and you're like following someone. I love that level. See, it's I before barely you fight made it out of the desert. Raven, yeah. the, whatever the Raven, screaming Raven, yeah. laughing Raven, mm-hmm. angry it's a little Raven, fuzzy, yeah. Raven, Raven. I think the biggest Teen Titans, the maybe Raven. the biggest weak point in that game were the bosses compared to previous Metal Gear Solid games. I like were, the bosses. They're a little derivative from the previous I feel bosses. Like they were they were like a combination of all the previous Metal Gear yeah. Solid bosses. Mainly because that was supposed to be Kojima's last Metal Gear game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the farthest in the future. It was. So. Some people are still saying that he's secretly working on There's Metal no Gear way. 6. There's no, no way. There's no way. Konami yeah. sucks. Yeah. Konami's yeah. not going to let that happen. And Metal Gear 5, like, some of the best third-person gameplay ever made. Yeah, like, I need to play it. It was so. phenomenal. Too bad the story didn't have those hour-long cutscenes. That's a big negative. Yeah, that's a big negative. That's, yeah. like, the positive. <laughs> like, like, I remember my stepdad's like, Uncharted, I... I I told my stepdad at the time, I don't like Uncharted. There's too many cutscenes, and immediately we boot up Metal Gear Solid Four. Yeah, oh, it was like, that's a weird take. Yeah, I eventually you did want to see Uncharted Two. Yeah, but <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Four. I can see not finishing Uncharted One. Yeah, I didn't actually play Metal Gear Solid One. Yeah, yeah, I still remember like first, my first Uncharted game was Uncharted Two, so I didn't know who any of those characters were, and I didn't know who 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 these people were interacting with. That's fine. Who's Nathan Drake? Why is he? Why is he it? Who's Sully? Why is he important? Why is he I don't tell you any of that. Why is sure. But for Metal Gear 4, like, I still remember the ending of that game where Snake's like crawling through the microwave and you're the just mashing hallway. for dear life. Uh, and it's just like. No, my favorite part of Metal Gear Solid 4 <laughs> is the fighting game on the roof. Yeah, the ending of the game, it's it turns into like a it's 1v1 fighting, fighting, fighting game, game. Where, for the but boss fight liquid? with Liquid Ocelot. Yeah. Yeah. Liquid Ocelot, yeah. You just beat you're, the crap out of each other. You're pretty good. God. Yeah, that that donkey video. Yeah, totally accurate. I'm not. I'm not kidding I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it, it, he summarizes the plot of Metal Gear, mm-hmm. and it's like the most absurd thing you'll ever hear in your life. It's but totally it's accurate. 100 accurate. Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance involves nanomachine. No, that's the furthest forward. 
yeah, Revengeance, Revengeance is after yeah. four because Senator yeah. Armstrong is like Nano Machine's son, and then yeah. and beats the crap out of Raiden. Yeah, I mean even four was all about Nano Machines. <laughs> like yeah, but Kojima's Armstrong, you know Armstrong did nothing wrong. All he wanted was no war mm. by killing everybody. Yeah, but no war. <laughs> He wanted to stop the war property. Armstrong did nothing he wrong, and he could make a killer omelet. He made the best omelets. <laughs> what a game. Metal Gear what 4. A, what a game. I, I didn't actually play Revengeance, but I'm privy to all the memes yeah. anyway. Yeah. I will stand Metal Gear 4 till the day I die. Oh, yeah. It's such a good <laughs> Y'all can have game. it. <laughs> I didn't even play it before it added... I played it before it added trophies. Me like, too. By the yeah. time it added trophies, yeah. my copy of the game had either you. gotten... I mean, at the time, I didn't really care. I didn't oh, care. Yeah. This was this before before trophies. Trophies. Yeah. Well, no, th- I played it while there were trophies, but before they added trophy support to that. By the time they added trophy support, my copy was so badly messed up. Yeah. Because of the way I treated game discs. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that I couldn't play the game, so I never got those trophies. <sighs> what a great game! Great game. Well, I am gonna wrap up my list with probably the plainest pick possible, but it's Minecraft. Like. Minecraft absolutely, like, it was the first game I ever modded. It was, like, the first game I really had a community in, because I joined a Minecraft server not super long after buying it, and I stuck in that server for 10 years. <laughs> like, yeah. I still talk to those people occasionally. Yeah, you didn't stick to my Minecraft server. <laughs> I tried, but we were never on at the same time. Yeah, I'll be on during Extra Life. Don't worry. Maybe. I, did, I didn't realize it was still up. I tried to connect the other day, and I couldn't. Oh, uh-oh. I better check on that. I'm still paying for it. <laughs> I, th- I don't think it's updated. I think, uh... No, you... Did you update your mod pack? Yeah. I think I updated the server recently. Okay. Well, anyway, Minecraft, like... And modded Minecraft especially, because modded Minecraft, you know, that gateway opened me into, like, Factorio and Satisfactory and stuff, and I love those games now. I mean, heck, even me, as someone who doesn't dabble with that sort of stuff, I... Minecraft was the first game I've modded, yeah. you know? like, and, like so. Yeah, playing Minecraft, like, and, and Minecraft is the only game on this list that, like, I'm playing right, like, not literally right now, but, like, I played Minecraft earlier this I mean, week. Yeah, everyone's like, got, everyone's yeah. got a little Minecraft in their past. Like, Minecraft know? just got 1.18, that update just came out, it's immaculate, it's really, really fun Caves to play. And Caves and Cliffs, yeah. part two, yeah. But, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, Minecraft is just wild, and, like, it took the world by storm. I, I imagine, like... Minecraft is like. I mean, that's an understatement. It's the highest selling game. Of yeah, all time. it's it's <laughs> gonna be on a lot of people. Like, if if a lot of people were gonna make a list like this, I feel like Minecraft would belong yeah. on a lot of them because I bet it's a lot of people's first game. If people like, ten years yeah. younger than us were making this list, Fortnite would be on this list. Fortnite would probably be on this list. None of us are gonna put that on there. <laughs> yeah, for I mean, I don't dislike Fortnite, but it's not Minecraft. Like, yeah, it's not Minecraft. Minecraft is wild. Like that game is. It's it's limitless possibility. That's yeah, what Minecraft is. It is. And and Minecraft can be whatever you want it to be, essentially. Yeah, yeah it was probably yeah. the first like like I played Little Big Planet and stuff, but Minecraft was probably the first game I played that used creativity really as a mechanic in the core gameplay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you're building stuff and you know, I liked Redstone as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I love how like it goes as deep as you want it to go. Like if you want to build like a like a dirt hut and just live off that and just you know, yeah. no, live as a your kid, life that way, that's fine. As if you a, want to learn complex circuitry and, like, yeah, create state machines, walk. you can do that, too. <laughs> like, I, so, my go-to strategy as a kid, I remember, was always to just <laughs> dig into the side of a cave, because I wanted to play the game I didn't want to build. Like, And, like, those, you know, now that just seems silly, because those are the same thing. The game yeah. is the building, but... No, I mean, like, uh, we've said it before on the yeah. show, everyone's got a Minecraft story. Everybody, like, yeah. yeah, everyone it's, has a Minecraft it's one story. Of those, yeah. It's one of those ubiquitous games. It's one of those games where, like, people who don't play games know what Minecraft is. Yeah. You know, like, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, up, it's up there with like Pokemon. Like everyone knows what these things are. Oh yeah, no, that's that's my top. That's my top ten. Mike, do you want to round? All us right, off? I was gonna change a game up towards the end there. I don't remember what I was gonna change it to. Just stick Just with do the ghost. original. Stick yeah, my original is gonna be Age of Empires, which is another yeah. RTS. Okay, yeah. Great so, I think that's it's close to the first RTS I played, roughly around the same time as Red Alert. Mm-hmm. That was the other side because they're distinct in a way. But Red Alert, uh, not Red Alert, uh, Age of Empires. To this day, I still have the entire priest chant wedged into the back of my brain, and sometimes it comes out when I'm bored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's so distinctive that I can remember it. I can't I can't relate. I've never played Age of Empires, so oh, man, that's a shame. I, um, I thought about playing four. It's yeah, new, but it's. I played a lot. I didn't play as much one as I played three. I played a lot of three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way too much three, and always against AI. The game, it is a different take on an RTS, and it kind of inspired everything else after it, like your Starcrafts and your Warcrafts, I believe. Might have been oh inspired. yeah, it was hugely influential. Yeah, it was yeah. massively influential. And remembering, no, I still know some of the cheat codes for the original one. <laughs> like pepperoni pizza gives you a, a lot of food. <laughs> well, that makes sense, I guess. I don't remember. I remember pepperoni pizza, and I think Woodstock was giving you a thousand wood or whatever. But I don't remember the rest. It's it's all a blur. I'm half asleep at this point. I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of inclined to skip games we've been playing this this no, episode. I want to I want to gush about Project Wingman though. Again. David. Yeah. Let's. Uh. I mean, I think we kind of have to. But like, yeah. Let's, we can make it quick because we're already two and a half hours deep. I'll be the longest talk because Project Wingman. It's got me. It took me. Yeah. I modded it. So I finally made it to the last. The, the good half of Project Wingman, mm-hmm. starting at like Mission Eleven, where, oh man, you you start this. I started up on the highest difficulty after I finished the game, and to put this mission into perspective, it starts with an anime style opening on the highest difficulty. Yeah, and the first the thing opening you see, changes based on the difficulty. It's just for this mission. Okay, it gives you like an anime title in the style of like Macross. That's cool. And instead of being Mission Eleven, it's Episode Eleven. That's cool. And the first thing you see is missile trails. Uh oh. Lots of them. Because uh, the plot of the mission is the Federation, which is the enemy faction's transports were intercepted. So you, the, some Air Force got sent. Then they sent more, more airplanes. Then you sent more airplanes. And now everyone's Air Force is all over the Bering Strait mm. and ready to ball it out. It's. Oh, I love it. And the song, it's like the the music for that level is the You Say Run of Airplanes. Yeah. Is I understood that, that one, reference. This is the one you've been listening to? No, no. I listened to the penultimate levels theme, which is equally as good. Mm. Going on to the penultimate level. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Presidia. So up until that point, you witness a war crime where they bomb the crap out of a city with nuclear bombs and cause a second apocalypse. Cool. Uh, <laughs> very cool of them to do very that. Very cool. Very, very, very war crimes. It's fine. You commit other war crimes at some point. Good. I bombed a yacht. Good. <laughs> good. 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 That's uh, just. But this city's beautiful. It's green. You had just been ex- been pushed out of it eighteen missions before. Yeah. So the themes are reprise of that. And oh, it's such a good song. Yeah. It's the one that appeared in my rap. Yeah. But it's, it's a long mission, multi-stage, taking out ground units, taking out air units, God. I just can't gush about the, the freedom that you feel running through this battlefield. Yeah. 
free. It's it's the thing about playing games. They're they're, good, they, they're fun to play. Yeah, they're, it's they're wild. Fun. They're yeah. wild. They're good video it's, games. They're great games. video games. They've come a long way since Pac Man. They really, really have. No, uh, it's that sense of freedom that you don't get on like a ground based uh, first person shooter. Yeah, because you have three three degrees of movement and. At, at roughly mission eleven, it finally becomes an Ace Combat game. Yeah, because before that, it's like it's yeah, because Ace Combat's be, really anime, right? Like, yeah, it's really anime, and it really stands out, and everyone wants to be Ace Combat. And then Project Wingman, from mission eleven on, it becomes an Ace Combat game, and is worthy of competing with them, hmm. which is rare. Like everything just scales up to the point where you, you as the pilot of the story, go from this mercenary to oh god, it's him. Yeah. We're scared to please kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Get him out of here. He's too much. And then uh, the main antagonist comes and nukes it all. He does a, does a little anime laugh, comes in, nukes the entire city. So were you playing this on controller when you played it? Yeah, I played on controller. Okay. I've seen I, people play it through on keyboard. I, well, Hodus. you know, Ho- yeah, Hodus is like the attractive, but I don't have that. It's I, also in VR. I have the, ooh. The VR is so good. Uh, did you play the whole game in VR? No, I've only played some missions in okay, VR. Okay, I was going to say. It starts to lag on my computer, so I can't really. I also feel game. like it's probably a little queasy, maybe no. after a while. No? No. Not at all? No, not at all. So I, got, I played uh, Star Wars Squadrons, similar deal, in VR, and the VR is amazing, but it did make me a little queasy. I have, a, I have a sensitive stomach, though. It might make you a little queasy. It didn't make me queasy, but then again, I was seated. But yeah, time. you're going to be. Gonna I'm not going to stand up it's to play. It's a solid VR game, honestly. Yeah. I've played through, I think I played through the last mission in VR, and I'll never forget, I had the AOA limiter, which disables uh, the controls so you can do flips. <laughs> totally unrealistic. Yeah. But I pull it, I'm in VR, and I managed to come within inches of touching the ground in a flip, and then pull back up. Wow. I'm just like, oh my god, I can't do that again. That was so cool. Yeah. And I wasn't even recording it. Oh, no. Well, people don't like to watch VR that much anyway. I mean, I, I, could, I could watch Wingman in VR because yeah. you're seeing the same thing that you'd see with me as a controller using my control stick to look around instead it's just my head. Oh, okay. I, uh, yeah, I can't watch other people play VR either for the queasiness factor. Like, I, I the, all the videos I watched about Wingman were in VR. Oh. And it just looks the same as in controller. Mm. Just... Instead if of they, if they're keeping their head still, sure. Yeah. Now, well, your head's going to be still, or it's going to be moving around looking at planes, which is what you do with the controller anyway. Mm. After Mission Eleven, every single track just becomes bangers. Every every bit of soundtrack, or the entire the entire game soundtrack, no one track's bad. They all fit to the mission. Yeah. From like this chill midnight raid music to this. National anthem as you're liberating the capital city. <laughs> That's really cool because this is not like a AAA game, right? This, this is, is an indie game yeah. by three people. Really, three people develop Project Wingman wow. and they produce something capable of competing with an Ace Combat game. That's wild. Yeah, because Ace Combat is legendary. And this, this, based on what I've seen, this was the composer's first game. Wow. And he blew it out of the park. Bright futures. Bright futures. I think he's. I think they're kickstarting a. An airplane now? About planes? Oh, okay. Him and the writer? That's cool. <sighs> Project Wingman. I'll have to check it. I got it in the... And mods are cool, too, because I modded it so I could put anything on any planes. And uh, there's swarm missiles in the game. Uh, You're supposed yeah. to only have one of them. Uh-oh. I had three of them on six, eight hard points. 
Yeah. I just pressed one button and the plane went burr. I got this game on Humble Choice and I've been like kind of wanting to check it out. It's a really stellar game. Yeah. I pretty much any game like that that has a VR mode is worth checking out in my opinion. Even outside of VR, it's still great. Yeah, I'll probably do most of the gameplay out of VR because the queasiness. It does get a little orange though. Yeah. Like literally? Literally. Mm -hmm. The the nuclear missiles produce a lot of orange. So mm. anytime that happens, there's just going to be a lot of orange and interface screw. That makes sense, yeah. It's I hear it's bad in VR, but it's not bad if you're not in VR. Okay. Yeah, so my game I've been playing this week is Halo Infinite. Uh, this week being like a month because yeah. we haven't recorded an right. Halo Infinite. But Halo oh. Infinite, it's extremely good. Like, people are, people are whining about the UI and stuff and like the progression, but the actual gunplay is one of the best first-person shooters I've ever played. It's very fast and snappy. Mike disagrees, yeah, Mike clearly. Disagree. Well, he's wrong. I mean, I played the Fiesta mode, and I've noticed that there's, like, four good weapons. Well, yeah, if you're in Fiesta mode. Garbage. Yeah, because Fiesta mode's not balanced. Like, even like, even in normal gameplay, there's only three weapons I'd like to actually pick up. I could kill anybody with any weapon in this game, except <sighs> for... The uh, the mauler, I think it's called. The plasma carbine sucks. The one, no, it does not. The skewer is nice. The I skewer like is that. extremely good. The plasma carbine is good, but you're not going to get a kill with it. You're only going to break shields. Then yeah, you got to switch to something else. I just break my shields with my fists. That's okay. like ninety percent of all gunfights in Halo. Just the the fun part about a cups. gun is you can shoot from range with it. Like, yeah, I can use a assault rifle. Yeah, but I've I've also been playing Halo Infinite like multiplayer and. It's a yeah. yeah. It's, it's so much good. better than anything in the MCC. Like, I just did. I could never go back to the Master. I don't have any. I don't have any nostalgia for Halo multiplayer. So this is just like me neither. I do have nostalgia, and it felt like an improved, shooters. like a faster Halo three to me. I, I, I play yeah. more Deep Rock. I have yeah. zero nostalgia for Halo, and this game. Like, I expected to play this game because the people I play games with were going to play it. Yeah. I did not expect to be like. Excited to play this after work, like yeah. most days. Like this, this game's really fun, and I, I am dying. I haven't started the campaign yet. The campaign is out as of recording right now, but I've yeah. just been busy, and I am so excited to get into that. Like, yeah, I, I haven't touched it. I've looked at it. I've, I've played it. Didn't enjoy it. Went back to Deep Rock. Nah, I, I think it's, it's probably my favorite multiplayer shooter. Like second to like Titanfall Two, maybe. Like I really like this game. I mean, I. So let's just put it into context, right? Like the big shooters that came out this year, yeah, Vanguard was Call bad. of Duty, yeah, uh, which we thought would be bad, which and it is bad. Battlefield, which we thought would be good, is well, bad. Was pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a Battlefield on launch. Yeah, really it's bad. it's like totally broken. Yeah, but, yeah, but then Halo Infinite, which like by any metric, this game, like I thought it was going to be bad. I thought it was going to be broken because it got delayed and delayed, and like stuff's still getting delayed. The game's still not fully out. Yeah, it's not fully out. But, but what I, they put out there yeah. is so so good. The you know my only complaint really is there's not a ton of maps, and that yeah. But it does it doesn't hurt it that I mean coming from somebody not a ton played, of maps and like the lack of playlists I think hurts it too. The lack of playlists, playlists. hurts. Yeah, I I do. Uh, my criticism is of the weapon variety being flat. I, I just don't agree. There's a lot of weapons think. that do the same role. Like the cinder shot and the sniper better. rifle? Like, and one's clearly better than the other. I disagree. The sniper rifle, you can kill two people in quick succession. The sin, or the uh, the skewer, you're going to get one kill, and then you're stuck reloading for like a minute. 
Yeah, I also think you know yeah. more to me. Yeah, than, but it's the only thing that can kill even vehicles if the, that well. Okay, so even with the argument that the weapon variety isn't great, I'm I feel like, about like the ballistic weapons, like, like the commando and the battle rifle. I just rather have the battle rifle. I'd the rather battle have rifles, the commando. No, I, I'm with, like the battle rifle is perfect in the that battle game. Like, perfect. I, I love that. It's thing. good, but yeah. I will pick up the commando if I see it. Like it's I, uh yeah. I, I was gonna just say that the. The way the, gun, the shotgun doesn't feel good either. The way the game weak, yeah. shotgun's way too weak. The way the the guns I control some auto, but yeah, immaculate. The gunplay is yeah. amazing. It's, the, uh, it sounds good. It's way faster. It's interesting because like the the kind of deliberateness is something I've always associated with Halo, but the fact that they've sped it up here, like they've even sped up like your base movement speed. They yeah. didn't speed up the gravity hammer though. No, that the gravity hammer is real slow. I, always, I mean, it's like supposed to be slow. Around. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't that slow if in you, Halo 3. Well, if you went fast, you pick up the energy sword. It was faster in Halo 3. It was 3, a lot yeah. faster in 3. I was way used to the 3 one where it was pretty quick, but, if but you not th- as quick. Like, as I don't know. Sword. Yeah, like, if you think I mean, about it kind of logically. Here, like, yeah. I'm still good for 10 kills if I pick up a gravity <laughs> hammer. Like You throw, you, yeah, you gotta use it as an ambush weapon now. Yeah. You can't just rampage through people with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I think Three that's good. Dead. So, and, and one, yeah. one thing yeah. I definitely want to highlight here. So, going into this, I was extremely skeptical about the grappling hook. Oh my god, it's so good. The grappling hook is freaking awesome. Getting it's an energy... Only, it's yeah. really... Like, that and the repulsor are the only two good bits of equipment. I don't know if they're the only good ones, like, <laughs> they're the best as far ones. as winning, yeah. but they're the most fun, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, the, the grappling hook, like I am gonna pick sensor, it up every time. I remember the first time, like, yeah. we saw Halo Infinite, we saw grappling hook, I was like, oh, they've ruined it, ruined it, alright. Like, no, I, I, wrote, so I wrote it off, it fits so well, it's... Uh, and the yeah. versatility with this with with the hook is just crazy. You can use it to get weapons from across the map. You can use it to hijack banshees flying over your head. Grab like, player, dude, it's, grab uh, it's really good. Something insane you can do in this game. If somebody throws a sticky grenade and it sticks to your gun, you can throw the gun down. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Little things like little interactions like this keep propping up yeah. in this game, and that just makes it you know like even more impressive. Yeah. Now, now, having the reflexes to put the gun down and run away, probably not going to happen. But yeah, you can you have, do like, it. It has to. It has to be like within the frame. You get mm-hmm. stuck, probably. You yeah. know, like. But yeah, just the fact that that's even a possibility. I have. Yeah, I I've been excited to talk about it's, Halo. It's one of those on games. Show. So I I played it uh, on Series X, um, and I I tried both the sixty and one twenty hertz modes. I actually am gonna. I think I'm gonna stick with sixty because mm-hmm. one twenty, while like the fluidity is unbelievable, like. A little too much is lost in terms of like the resolution and the detail for me, and the game just looks so see, clean. Been, you know, like it just. See, I play that thing on 120 hertz. Yeah. I've been playing at 144 because I'm, I'm playing ranked, so I need those frames. Yeah, I still haven't tried ranked. I've done a few quick play, and I've I've enjoyed what I played. Like I, I'm impressed. I just don't. I don't like the fact that I don't get to choose what modes I want to play. Yeah, that's that's that's, 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 that's is, the worst. That's part. the worst part of this because like, I am so I think, sick of like. I will pick up the game and I will get oddball back to back. Yeah, to back even and I bef- get really mad. even before they do anything to the progression system, they need to do playlists. That's yeah. the most important thing. Because like, like, I don't think the progression's that bad. A lot of people are whining about I it. I do. But... I do want like points in game to matter more. Yeah, than that's fair. I but they, like they don't mean anything. They're just kind of there as like. Yeah, three four three was solving a problem that they didn't have yet, and like it, it solved two because like having limited playlists is a way to make sure that none of the playlists are empty, right? But they yeah, didn't have typically. that problem yet. Yeah, they didn't have that problem because they, they made a free-to-play game. game. Yeah, they made a free-to-play game. Zero barrier to entry other than having a console or PC. So, like, there's a bunch of people playing this game. There would have been no empty playlists. Oh, it's Halo. It's a big name, too. It's not yeah. like this is a indie game that just released. So it really feels like they were trying to solve a problem they didn't have. 
but they were trying to avoid like empty playlists especially because it was like a solved problem like the master chief collection had amazing options in that yeah. regard like you could make your own playlist of game modes that you were cool with and playing. And you just get thrown into the matchmaker, and it's like, hey, you want to play yeah. capture the flag only? I play capture the flag. Yeah, capture yeah. the flag is god. Capture the flag is so fun in this. Capture too. the flag is probably the one flag fun mode. is the worst mode. I do not like it, but all the others are fun mostly. I, I get sick of oddball. Oddball could go. I I don't, I don't care dislike for it, it yeah. but it it really bothers me sometimes because like you can lose really quickly. But it still takes a long time for the match to end, you know? Yeah, like, it yeah. can be over long before it's over, and that's really frustrating. But yeah, it was a good game. I like it. I'm going to play it this weekend. I'm excited well. that it's already like this, because they'll only improve it. Like, this is... Oh my god, 343 yeah. is all in. Out yet. They're all in on Halo Infinite, right? They're yeah. not going to be doing anything else for a long, long Yeah, this time. is, quote-unquote, the Halo platform for the next ten years. Yeah, so, like, like it's, it's only going to get better from here, which is very exciting. Yeah. All right, have we talked about everything? <laughs> you haven't. I have one more game, which yeah. is why I wanted to ask. Okay. So I, like everyone knows, like past month or so, I've been pretty AWOL, haven't really been playing many games. I did play Halo Infinite, and I did play Metroid Dread. Oh, yeah. And Metroid Dread, let me tell you, is an incredible video game. And this is coming from someone who, this is my first Metroid, really. Like, I dabbled with Super Metroid a little bit, but I never really meaningfully played it. But, like, I played Metroid N from beginning to end, and... It is just a an immaculate ten hour experience, you know. Yeah. Like culminating in a final boss, which is pretty freaking tough. It's yeah, hard. Like, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I was kind of surprised, and like it, Metroid Dread, don't get me wrong, is not an easy game. But to someone who like a plays, lot of the boss fights are pretty hard. Yeah, like, but to someone who plays like Sekiro and like the Souls games, it wasn't like it wasn't. I never got frustrated, though. you know, playing Metroid Dread. That last boss, though, is another story. I, I would argue the last boss is on that level. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I would quite say that, but I play a lot of platformers. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not like it took me like multiple. It took me a few hours. As, as someone who's but... done the some of the pantheons and Helen, oh, okay. Helen, yeah, yeah. you know? you're, you're a real gamer. But... I'm a real. I'm a uh, excuse me, God gamer alert. Yeah. <laughs> but just the the progression in that game, like just you know they obviously the genre is called Metroidvania for a reason, right? Yeah. But, like, just well, a reason you just learned. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the progression of that game, just the feeling of becoming more powerful, Samus getting more and more added to your arsenal, and then just at the end, you feel like an absolute god, and you go against, you know, the final boss. Who, who is also an, who's absolute, also an god. absolute god. Yeah. And, like, and the story was neat, and everything, obviously, this being my first Metroid game, I didn't really, you know, some details were kind of lost on me, but, like, I think it serviced the game perfectly. And I do want to highlight, I know you, you've talked about Metroid Dread before on the show, but, like, the Emmys were were really sort of neat. I think towards the end they might have worn out their welcome a little bit, but it was such a cool idea. My love like, of the Emmys cool was mechanic. revitalized when I did the uh, the sequence break playthrough yeah. that I did, where like it really changed a couple of the Emmy encounters because of the different tool set I but had. I, I do think it's really cool how like so the Emmy is basically like they're these invincibles enemies that hunt you down, and if they catch you, you have basically two small windows of opportunity to escape, and I think the second one is literally like frame perfect. Yeah, and they're also um, it's not the same frame every time. Yeah, it's, it's it, it varies. Yeah. You have to react to it, which is just wild. Mm -hmm. uh, but, like, basically, if they catch you, 95% chance that you're dead. Unless right? you're, like, a speedrunner. Yeah. yeah. So you have to really sort of be, like, you know, cognizant of these things, really stealthy and, like, dodge these things. And what's really cool is, like, you know, like, obviously, you never want to encounter one of these things, but as you become more powerful, the Emmys also become more powerful. They become faster. Mm -hmm. They become, like, able to, like, stun you through walls and stuff like that. Yeah, like, one of them can see you through walls. Yeah, which, which is, is just, that was wild. Yeah. Like, basically, they, 
as soon as you enter the room, they see you, and you just have to get to the end of it before they mm-hmm. catch you. And it's just little the ways they sort of vary the Emmys and like make them escalate along with you keeps them always interesting. I think until yeah. you know the end of the game, <laughs> yeah. where yeah. But like all in all, like Metroid Dread, I would say easily the second best game I played this year, probably behind Returnal. But like obviously a contender for first as well. Like it's 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 one of the best games I've played this year. Extremely clearly, game. yeah. And with that, I think we will conclude. Uh, just wanted to say, what yeah, like shonker. this was has been our longest episode yet, and this is our first and probably maybe last time doing this in person. One hundred years game talk. Yeah, hundred more episodes. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see you in five more years. Yeah, but but no, but like it's been it's been great. Like I I really never thought that we would get to one hundred. I mean, most I, podcasts fail out after episode yeah. three. Yeah, but we had no fail conditions, so that is <laughs> right. I mean, like yeah, we. But it's just awesome to have like something where we can talk about Not games. No fail condition. We just forget about the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which we did. We did. We did. <laughs> we did, we did do that for a year. Yeah. There are sometimes yeah. that we just forget about it. But like here we I, are. I mentioned this to Connor earlier, but it's just so amazing having this outlet, right? Because like, video games aren't like a topic of conversation that come up in you know normal conversation really but not, like, not on the level we get into yeah but here. like yeah. so to be able to talk with two other people that really sort of appreciate games and like are willing to go deep into the minutiae of them i really can't express how much i appreciate that so yeah. i value the thank, different perspectives and thank you yeah. guys yeah yeah yeah, I'm always I'm a, I played devil's advocate for Halo Infinite this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah someone's got to do it. It made me mad, but somebody <laughs> has to do it. Someone, yeah, someone do has it. to yeah. do it. Someone either die a hero or live long enough <laughs> to see yourself become the villain. I'm still trying to rack my brain as to what game I was going to say as my last game that wasn't Age of Empires, but it's it'll remain a mystery I'll, forever. I'll wake up. I'll wake up tomorrow. Mike, I can't. Extra life. I remember. Can't believe yeah. episode 100 was your heel turn. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Was this was the 100 episode character arc he was on. Yeah. He was on. <laughs> <laughs> on the next 100 episodes of the Redemption. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's to 100 more episodes. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Uh, you can like, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, any podcast service you use. If you, if you listen this far into the episode, you should really join our Discord. Yeah, please join our, really Discord. join our Discord. We have some people there, but we're always, you know, we always would love to see more of you join the Discord. And yeah, we can chat there and maybe discuss some future topics. But for now, this is Game Talk, episode 100. Thank you all for listening. Signing off. Yeah, signing off. I distinctly remember as a kid, like, my go-to strategy was to, like, just dig into the hole in the wall. And, like, I wanted to play the game. <laughs> that didn't get caught. It absolutely got caught. Like, for sure. That's our, that's our, that's our credits. <laughs>
There's no way that the mic didn't catch it. I really hope it did. I really hope I go to the end of that podcast and I just hear, Urk. <laughs> <laughs>